nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at TomBernardShow.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18-hole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to TomBernardShow.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. TomBernardShow.com. Keyword passport. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. What do you think of that action? Ooh, big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're talking, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is 7 o'clock on the nose, 32 and cloudy right now. Rudy, what do you got for a, for a forecast? Forecast-wise, it looks like you got a little bit more snow coming into the area. Uh, nothing that's really going to stick around, maybe one to two inches possibly. Um, but uh, maybe over the next, I don't know, couple of hours this morning. Last night was where it was really coming down hard. I, didn't think, I thought we were out of the woods by now. But uh, I believe for the, uh, for the most part, it's supposed to be around 38 for the rest of the day and even into tomorrow. And then the rest of the week also in the 30s. So I feel like we're on the up and up when it comes to winter. Like we're almost out of it. You're obviously out of it, but Brittany and I are still stuck in it. I have a question for you. You, you were born in Minnesota, weren't you? Yeah, northern Minnesota, Hibbing. Okay, so you're you're going to tell me that you really believe that winter's over before June? No, 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 no. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think August is the only month we don't have a recorded right? snowfall. Right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's so true. Yeah. So now the uh, state hockey tournament starts this week, and usually it's the wet shoes of you know, teenagers on their way down to the XL Energy Center. That is the sign of spring. But yep. you're, you're right. We probably got at least a third winter in us at some point. So, But it's yeah. a lot better. Like you were saying, it's a lot better. It's going to be in the 30s, which is – you know, 30s is okay. That's, if it gets in the 20s, that's too cold. But the 30s are all right. As long yeah. as it doesn't freeze up. Yeah. It, it, when you can go walk an animal, that's when it feels nice. Like that's such yeah. a win. <laughs> it's thinking, true. Thinking about my fat dog right now. It doesn't matter how cold. If it's too cold, he doesn't go. If it's too hot, he doesn't go. So <laughs> we need that nice right in the middle of uh, of it. But uh, yeah, probably uh, tonight mostly uh, mostly cloudy, a little bit colder. Uh, probably some refreeze happening. Lows of 18. Thursday uh, towards the end of the week, uh, partly to mostly cloudy with highs of 32. And then end of the weekend looks like maybe another round of flurries. So yeah, you're right, Tom. Looks like uh, still not done. We're not out of the woods yet. No, it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Had one of those uh, one of those uh, weekends, ladies and gentlemen, where you know, you know, life delivers you happiness and some drama and some sadness. Mm-hmm. Had that whole shooting match going on uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and, and it uh, it includes one of the things we've talked about already off the air. But um, the so we'll, we'll we'll go with the happiness part first, and then we'll go with the. Shocking stuff because it's part of the first part anyway, and then we're gonna get to the sad part because uh, just well you know what why don't we do tribute let's we'll start with the sad part because we can make a comeback with uh, with Chris Rock. I just found out last night that a very very good friend of mine died on Saturday, 
He was way too young to be dying. But um, James Walsh, remember James Walsh, Gypsy Band? You remember Gypsy, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he died Saturday, unfortunately. Can't find a damn thing about it in the newspaper or on the Internet or anything. He's, uh, uh, why can't I find his, his death announcement? I don't know. Some people just don't do it. I think sometimes people wait a beat. You're not going to find it, especially with yeah. social media. That's kind of how it spreads usually nowadays. So what I would like to do, James, I, I love that guy. He was just, he, we called him the Owl. His nickname was Owl. And I don't know if it says he looked like an owl or what the hell it was, but uh, it was one of those guys. But great drummer, great singer. Uh, that Gypsy uh, album was huge. Uh, a couple of them, as a matter of fact, he did very, very well. Started out with the uh, Underbeats. Now, the Underbeats was a long time ago, but uh, very, very sad to hear that a very good friend of mine, and, and I'll, I'll show you what a great, um, well, early 20s I had. He used to play football over at Cliff Siegel's house every Saturday. Cliff is now Lauren Siegel. See, mm-hmm. trans. But people, oh, the gay thing and the trans thing. I- I've been through that 35 years ago. Yeah, why don't you people catch up in Hollywood? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so so we're at Cliff's house, who is now Lauren Siegel, and we, we played football in the back. He even put up, because he had a huge backyard, he even put up a goal post to kick extra points. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not kidding. That's did. impressive. Yeah. Oh, very, very impressive. Yeah. So he and uh, James Walsh and, and Cliff got, like Bobby Z, Bobby Rivkin of, of the Prince's Band. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Z would come and play, love that guy too, another great guy. Matter of fact, if anybody can track down Bobby Z, I would like to ask him about uh, his, his impression on losing the owl yesterday, or Saturday he died. But yeah, if we can somehow track down Bobby Z, I, I, think, I know we'll I, get it. I was going to say, I think I got his number. Let me check. I might. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. If you do, that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. I probably got it around somewhere too. We'll just um, we'll figure it out. But I just want—I'll open with the sadness because the sadness by far outweighed by the happiness that that man gave me. He was funny. He was a gentleman. He's a wonderful guy. He got in an argument with Cliff Siegel on the football field, and they were arguing. They were nose to nose, screaming at each other, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, James reached over and stripped off all but Cliff's underwear. <laughs> he tore his shirt, his pants, he tore everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that nowadays? Man, they'd send you oh. to jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I talked to Bo Siegel yesterday. Bo was Cliff's younger brother. And um, we talked about the, the, the sadness and all. But, but more than the sadness of losing a great guy like James Walsh was all the happiness that he brought me and my friends. And all. So God bless you, James. And if there is a heaven, I'm sure you're in, in there, Pally. But uh, at first it made me sad, but then all the memories came flooding back. And it was just, what, what an honor to have known you. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Rudy, if you could possibly get a hold of Bobby Z, that would be wonderful. Yeah, dropping him, dropping him a text right now. Yeah. I love it. Just get his take on a Bobby Z. Bobby Rivkin, another great guy. You know, that's one of, another one of those things where you look at it and you go, ah, oh, life, I don't Look back at your life. Look back at my life, our lives, and you go, look at all the wonderful people you've met and, and the ability to do what you do. You sit and BS on a microphone all day. That's not even working. You can't call that work. No, it's not at all, and that's hilarious when I complain as much as I do. You mean nonstop? Nonstop. <laughs> Slave away at these coal mines. So I find out that, that James died yesterday, and it drove me, because I was going to save it, and, and as it turns out, I'm really glad I didn't. I was going to save Chris Rock's new uh, special. Mm-hmm. I was going to watch it later. 
But I thought, no, 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 I need to be cheered up. I always love Chris. We've only had him on the show once, and that was many, many years ago. Um, but Chris Rock has a special. Uh, what's the name of the special? Again, I had it here somewhere, but I don't know what the hell the name of it is. Selective Outrage. Selective Outrage. Very good. Thank you. Uh, brilliant comedian. There's no question about it. The only thing I would, I would warn the woke, if you're woke, I probably wouldn't watch it. Because he says the big N about 3,000 times. Did you guys watch it? Yes. I, I did watch it. Yeah. 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 He uh, drops the big N about every third word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy God. <laughs> Chris, settle down, Pally. Yeah. But he, he comes on and he's funny as hell. He's always been very, very funny anyway. I thought it was a brilliant uh, piece of comedy. Now, Rudy, you, you do stand-up comedy for a living as well. Mm-hmm. What did you, What did you think? His, I thought his performance was wonderful. I thought the performance was great. I had a tough time with the audience because I felt like yeah. maybe they felt like they were a little held hostage with it being live. They didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. I, I think if you just closed it off and you just... That's why... And, and even like the times that he flubbed a few things up, because there was a uh, uh, Will Smith joke towards the end where right. halfway through it he went... Damn, fuck that up. Hang on a second, rewind, and then reset the joke again. Yeah. So I like the fact that they... It was uh, live. It was definitely 1,000% live, but you could tell right away there was a few things where the crowd was like, "What? We can we get up to get a drink? Are we supposed to be laughing? Are we supposed to be... Because he really sort of thread that needle between the silly, bigger and blacker, and then the more serious, older, refined Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. You know, he he got really in the like serious tones for a while where mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just want to see slap it with a dick, slap it with a dick. That's what right. <laughs> I, I right. want to see bigger right. and blacker. But I don't know. I, I thought his performance, I thought the content was great. Just had a tough time with the audience. That was all. I can understand that point. Yeah. I, I absolutely can understand that point. He, um, I don't know. I, 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 it really did cheer me up. I laughed like a sumbitch. I loved. Uh, I loved the way he did. The only thing I didn't like about it, to be very honest with you, as long as we're talking about stuff we we didn't like, ninety nine percent of it I, I loved. I thought it was very very good. There was a part in the middle that was not very funny, and that part was when he's talking about how rich he is. I, mm. I don't see any humor in that at all. What do you think about that? It's nice that he acknowledges it, though. I mean, there's something really? about. I mean, just like let's not pretend you're Joe Schmo. Um, I, I did like that. And I like that he talked about, it was funny because Rudy's right. Like it did feel like he kind of went back and forth the comedy to like just a sit down special. Like when he was talking about how he raised his kids and he's like, I'm not going to pretend they're not spoiled. They're spoiled. I Mm -hmm. spoiled them. And then I loved how at the end of all that talk, he talks about how his mom lived, grew up in a town that um, only uh, black people could only see black uh, dentists. And if they right. weren't available, they had to go to a vet. And how his mom, this beautiful woman, had to go to a vet as a child for her teeth. And now her grandchild is studying culinary, is culinary school in Paris. And I thought mm-hmm. that was just a beautiful you know, summing that all up of like where their family has been. But I do... I know, I know some people would feel uncomfortable with him talking about how rich he is, but man, that was funny when he talked about how he's been, you know, chasing women his whole life and all of his right. money goes towards yeah. it. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why he did Saw 5. Yeah. He needed the dough. Somebody had a couple of uh, divorces he had to pay off. So, oh. right. yeah, yeah. And yeah, the difference between 25-year-olds and 45-year-old women. I mean, I was, I was laughing so hard. 
I thought it was a great special. I really did. That I don't ever like it when anybody talks about how rich they are. I don't yeah. like it. Look, now, now look, if somebody asks you about it, then I guess you got to talk about it a little yeah. bit. And I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong. It didn't drive me away from here. When I, it just makes me very uncomfortable when anybody talks about how rich they are. Yeah. Yeah. I that's think that's all. relatable. It all works out in the end. But I really, really enjoyed the special. Um, and, of course, I'm looking at my watch going, when's he going to go after Will? When's he going to go after I, Will? Same, Tom. I kept pausing it. <laughs> oh, my God. You and I are twinsies right now. I kept pausing it going, there's not enough time. You have to let us right. have more time. I was like, it was like 12 minutes left. And it was like, he's finally like, Will Smith. And I was like, finally. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you guys want to hear a little bit of it? Yeah. Right, Love hang it. Hang on. Here we go. Right, bring this up. There we go. Y'all know what happened to me. Getting smacked by Suge Smith. Everybody knows I've got smacked in the Oscars by this mother. And people like did it hurt. It still hurts. I got summertime ringing in my ears. But I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. Love it. You will never see it. Never gonna happen. I couldn't believe it. And I love men in black. No. It's never gonna happen. No. I took that hit like Pacquiao. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last 12 minutes, incredibly well written. Man, as it was. A, oh, just as a writer, just watching that thing unfold and unfold. And then, you know, when he finally does get to his closer and he drops, you know, because that's the big thing is you're like, what is he just going to end on? And I thought the way he ended, I got the audio here. I thought it was beautiful. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny way to end that show because on Friday I watched the Marlon Wayans uh, special that just came out on HBO Max and he said verbatim almost the same thing. Finally, you, all you guys did was complain that there wasn't enough black representation at the Oscars, and then we get some, and what do yep. you do? You fight in front of white people. <laughs> I know. He's right. So funny. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. No question about it. I really enjoyed it, and it came at a perfect time, like I said. It's, it's one of those deals, I don't know, just the way life is. The sadness, you look for happiness. I, I, I love the special. I've always liked Chris Rock, though. I, from the very beginning, I thought he was very, very entertaining, very funny. Um, I, I just still wonder if this whole thing was a setup. I just, it just flowing too smoothly for me. You know what I mean? It, this brought a lot of attention to both of them. Yeah, I don't. Did his insight and his? You can tell that there, he, there was a process right for him, and now he's got to a point of like, yeah. You could tell, like he was hurt by this. You know what I mean? Because he even talked about I was Will Smith's champion. I wanted him to win. You know every aspect. Right. right. And does that at all kind of make you question nope. if it was? No, you're still. It's just following the line. First of all, I really, really liked what he talked about because I've talked about it on the show many, many times. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's how you're raised and where you're raised, all the rest of it. Yeah. I would never admit that you victimized me. I, I could not. I can't do it. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, I was here. He hit me and I'm a victim. I, I, he couldn't do it. I can't do it. Do you think that's a cultural thing? It's kind of a poor people cultural thing? 
I think, yeah, and you mean poor people like sad people, like... No, no, no. I oh. mean, actually poor people. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. I was like, I, I think... Pay attention, girl. No, I think that it cross... No, you heard me. It transcends. <laughs> I think it transcends, like, any... I mean, I, I think that is... He talked about it, and that was so interesting. There right. are four ways to get attention right now, and that's one of them, and how it takes away from people that really need... And he's right. At the end of the day, yes, he was assaulted. It was terrible. He was fine. He's going to be fine. And, you know, he was able to use it for something creative. Mm -hmm. But I love, I mean, I think, I think, it. I mean, there's a lot of really silly things he talks about. But one of the things he really hits on is how to get attention in, in, in this world and how much easier mm -hmm. it is to just be a victim or show your ass. <laughs> sure. You know, the after show, I don't know if you guys watched it at all, but J.B. Smoove was on there and he had made a comment about being at an Oscars after party and how Chris had walked in. And when he saw him, he walked up to him and without asking him like, hey man, is everything okay? Is it, you know, oh my gosh, are you in shock? First off, the fact that you got punched on live TV and then you Slap. went to a party yeah. afterwards is, I mean, yeah. that, that speaks volumes to who you are. Yeah. But then secondly, uh, when you walk up to somebody and the first thing you say is, I'm good. Anyway, where's the drink cart? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm looking. I, I, we don't need to talk about it. I'm good. You saw what happened. Let me process this, all of this information. Yeah. And then, but in the meantime, let's just try to enjoy the evening, you know? thought that really spoke to uh, Chris's character. I have a question for you. And, and, you know, I'm not talking about Muhammad Ali or any of the rest of it. But I don't think I've ever seen somebody confront another guy and the other guy didn't even try to protect himself. That, that's the part of it that, to this day, he just stood there with his hands by his side while this guy's yelling at him, walking up to him. Why didn't he try to protect himself? I don't think he said anything. I think he just silently walked up to him and then slapped him, didn't he? Well, no, whatever. He, I think he, he talked to him. I oh, think he, Tom was right. There was like some aggressive stuff coming out of his mouth. Hmm. Okay. Well, well you know, I guess, though, to defend Chris, why would you ever think, Will Smith would slap you. There's a level of shock there. I don't yeah. know if I would be able to comprehend. But, Tom, you're used to the... You have to keep yeah. in mind, Rudy, Tom is... is, and, and I mean this in the best way possible. Tom, you are somebody who maybe grew up in an environment where you had to be ready for, for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that yep. changes your outlook, right? And, like, I think that's, yeah. that's that perspective. And can we acknowledge the way that he says bitch... It, it reverberates in your whole house. I mean, he hits that B in a way where you go, oh my God. He does. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. Getting yeah. back to the beginning, though, it's uh, it's a situation. The, the comedy special was terrific. I did love that comedy special. I thought it was wonderful. I loved his emotion at the end when he did talk about Will Smith. Mm -hmm. I just think the man's brilliant. I really do love him. I, I mean, his, what, his work, I don't know him, mm -hmm. but I love his work, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, before uh, we get into uh, spots and my pillow here, uh, Bobby Z can join us, but he can't do it until after 7.30. Is that cool with you guys? Oh, I, whenever, he, whenever he can do it. Cool. We'll do that right before we get to Kristen Burt. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow. And now, with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulated thread... The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you will ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. 
MyPillow 2.0 with its temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. If you've never been in an auto accident, it's hard to know what to expect from the insurance adjuster. Here are some tips. One, if they talk to you about whether or not you should hire a lawyer, it's a good sign that you probably should. Two, it's illegal for them to give you any legal advice. They aren't lawyers and they aren't licensed to practice law. Three, if they tell you that everyone involved in the accident is at fault, they're wrong. This comes from the belief that you're at fault for just being on the road. That's nonsense and not supported by any law. Finally, remember that friendly adjusters are often just gaining information. They want you to do most of the talking so they can file their report. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. At the Home Depot, we know the world is a messy place. Keeping it clean takes science. That's why businesses everywhere have long trusted cleaning products from Ecolab to take on the toughest messes. And now, that level of clean is available for your home. Introducing Ecolab Scientific Clean, a full line of professional-grade cleaning products for all your home's needs. So you can clean like you mean business. Now available exclusively at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. At Staples, school is always in session. And savings never take a holiday. Especially now, during Staples Teacher Palooza. You save big on everything for school. Like 25% on classroom decor and stickers. Up to 40% on brands like Post-it, Papermate, and Elmer's. Plus, two-ounce bottles of Purell hand sanitizer are just 49 cents. During Staples Teacher Palooza, teachers save big. And so do you with classroom deals for everybody. But deals end soon. So hurry to Staples today. Offers end 311. In-store only while supplies last. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. I love that updated because it really started burning to the ground. I love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Guys, we'll have uh, Bob up in just a second. Sorry, I was on the phone with uh, Bobby Z getting that set up. So give me one second here while I get uh, Bob. No, no, just blow Bob off. We're going to stay on time or we're just going to stop doing this completely. No question about it. Obviously. Danny. Yeah. No problem. Uh, I, matter of fact, I should probably remind people that it's still uh, going to snow a little bit. Morning light snow and rain showers, no accumulation, though. Then cloudy and blustery at a high of 36 today, 27 tonight, 36 again tomorrow. Partly to mostly cloudy. Should be nice tomorrow. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Rudy pointed out earlier, we're in, we're in the, the first week, almost the second week in March already. My God, time is flying. I know. No question about it, but uh, yeah, the weather will get better and better as we go along, and then, uh, you know, for June, there'll be four or five days, it's going to be in the 80s, and then it'll start dropping off again. Um, We also have to hear about your Disney World report at some point. Well, yeah, we'll get to that, no question about it. So, what do you want to hear? Every time somebody says Disney World to me, though, I... I get this thing in my head. It was a long, long time ago. I went there with, there were four of us. 
couple of Irish guys, a couple of Italian guys. There was me, so I guess there were five of us. But, you know, nice Catholic boys going to Disney World because we we're going to go play the Disney World golf courses, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the Italians, I can't say, you'd know a couple of them actually, Brittany. I bet. Um, I can't, one of the Italian guys got pissed off at one of the Irish guys about something. And again, this might be an inner city thing too. I don't know, but I still laugh about it because every time I hear the words Disney world or the word, is that just one word now? Disney world is just one world, a word. I don't know. I don't either. I I guess you can just say Disney, but then, yeah, I think it's two, but it's flows like one for sure. So the Irish guys, I wish I could tell you their name because you do know them, but anyway, the the Italian guy says the Irish guy something about blah 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 blah. You, you God, you're such a candy ass. What the hell's wrong with you? you, you and they start getting in an argument, and so the Irish guy insults the Italian guy, and the Italian guy responds with, "Listen to you, you mousy mick." <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, Rudy. That, that's quick thinking, this isn't is it? Very funny. Yeah, that's mousy Hilarious. Mick, that's Mickey great. Mouse. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's good stuff. <laughs> So I good. will never forget it. How are we doing? Uh, Bob is not answering his phone for some reason. I'm dropping oh, him a text Jesus now, Christ so man. I don't know what's why up. Did I, let's guess why I got out of radio. <laughs> so far, we haven't hit one thing this morning. But other than that... Yeah. Well, you know, hey, we got Bobby Z up out of bed, and he's going to be joining us in about six okay. minutes. So that's something, right? Yeah. No, no question. But how does yeah. Bob not know he's supposed to be on the air now? I don't know. I'm dropping him a text, so hopefully he gets back to me here in just a second. No, too late. Um, the picture that we got of you at Disney World was phenomenal, by the way. Oh, so that good. Was the, it's the one, yeah, it was one of you and Alex standing. You guys must be standing in like line to, I don't know, get a hot dog or something. Because the look, of, and I imagine this was at like 10 a.m. And the look on both your faces are, okay, we're Disneyed out. We are both over the Disney thing. <laughs> you can tell oh, the, the exhaustion in your face was just like, anytime we can go back back to the hotel room, I'm good with that. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I didn't know they even took that picture. But the day I got there, I got a cold. Oh. Literally, I arrived at Disney World with a cold. And uh, I was sicker than hell the whole time we were there. As a matter oh. of fact, on Saturday, was it Friday night and Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday? I slept for 15 hours. Man. I've never slept that long in my life, ever. Yeah. Well, I was oh. sicker than hell. I was very sick. No, I, well, I'm, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, you know, Brittany and I had that conversation just this last week about how every, it's so going around right now. It's e- bad. Everybody's yeah. getting it. Oh, it's yep. awful. I feel yep. like I get drunk at work because I just keep using this hand sanitizer over and over and mm-hmm. just covering myself. But you were sick. Were you able to peek your head out for a little? I mean, you were, the pictures we got, like you were look out and about quite a bit though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went out. Well, actually, I got it from Alex, so there you go. So I wasn't worried about who I was infecting. She infected me. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, as somebody who also has a kid, um, we're never worried now at this point. We are always giving the diseases, so you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I no, did, it was a great time. I did see a video of uh, Sage uh, on a roller coaster, oh, and he uh, may or may not be hanging out with uh, Bop Bop a little too much. <laughs> 
Oh, Jesus Christ. That one? Yeah. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Oh, I Rudy. was crying laughing. Little Sagey. Jesus Christ on her roller coaster. <laughs> oh, hilarious. That's great. Is that postable? Can oh, we share that? I, I hope so. I don't so know. I don't know. We'll have to ask Alex. It was so... I mean, I was crying laughing. I don't even know if I messaged her. I was. I showed it to about four people I was hanging out with. And Sage is oh, the God. cutest, sweetest boy you'll ever meet. And the fact that he, he goes... Is. Jesus Christ! Oh, <laughs> I do remember that was the mind. What's it called the mind train or the mind shaft or the mm, mind something? I don't know, but it was just so just a roller coaster of emotions for him. It was so funny. I'm, t- I'm telling you, that bad boy moves at a very high rate of speed, and there are some hard turns where you're literally your head is about even. Your left ear is even with the ground. Oh, my God. It moves. and it, Oh, my God. He's like, Jesus Christ. That's just the best thing I've ever heard. I would be honored. That is so funny to me. Now, uh, I'm going to be heading there in, I think it's two weeks from the end of this week. So what do we go to Disney World? Yeah. So what are the oh. things that you suggest to see and or do? Oh, the one, all, well, first of all, I've always loved Disney World. I didn't get to go to Disney World the first time until I was 26 years old. You know, I just didn't ever get down there. So we go all, I mean, I think we must go once a year. We, we must go that often. The whole family just loves going there. I, Rudy, it's a tough call because I love it all. I, every bit of it is fantastic to me. Um, something new. Well, you got to go on the mine shaft or the mine train or whatever the hell it's called. You got to do that. Okay. Uh, that it, it's it moves at a high rate of speed, and there are sometimes you think there is no way this damn train's going to stay on this track because it's basically upside down. <laughs> My God. Okay. Um, the food, by the way, because I didn't used to like the food at Disney World. I thought it was you know Epcot. It was good, but did, what's the what's the Disney World the main part of it called again? Fantasyland or what the hell is it called? Something? No, I've never been. Epcot Center. Epcot. No, not not okay. not, not Epcot. Not that ah, doesn't matter. The, the main part of Disney World, whatever the hell that is. Magic uh, the Kingdom. Food used, yeah, the Magic Kingdom. Exactly. Very good. The food used to suck there, and now it's good. They've they've. I don't know if Bob Iger came back and adjusted it or what. Ha- what the hell ever happened? But the food is good, so that that helps a lot. People are always very very pleasant at Disney World, which is another thing I like. You don't you don't run into many crabby people at Disney World. But the only time I ever did hear a story about Disney World, a guy getting fired, and the guy and the guy it happened to called in to the KQ Morning Show back when I was on that shithole. But anyway, moving forward, um, they had to fire. I don't know if it was a clown or if it was Goofy or what the hell. But a guy in a costume apparently got sick of children grabbing him and poking him and you know hanging all over. Which, by the way, is your job to get yeah. grabbed and poked by little kids. A thousand percent. They found out the children were always complaining as they left him. Well, it turns out he, as they were leaving, he would step on their foot. Oh. <laughs> okay. Of a little kid. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you do. Like, as, as a parent and as somebody who wants kids, yes. But at the same time, as somebody who's worn a costume, you got to take your wins where you can. I had to yeah, be, that's true. You know, and if a footstep, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Stepping on a little six-year-old's <laughs> foot. That's real nice, pal. Oh, it's so bad. It is. I had to blow him out. What the hell? But no, I will, we'll talk about it more as, as the day goes on. It, it was, a first of all, to be with the family. I mean, 
you know, Andy and Melissa and, and uh, Ethan. Ethan's too young. That's why yes. he's only one. And one's too young to go to Disney World. No, I, but, uh, I'm planning like my four or five year plan is to just, oh, yeah. I'm just going with you guys. I'm sorry. Too bad. Uh, that's oh. my game plan. It it is so much fun. I've, I love. I absolutely love going to Disney World. It just, I remember. Okay, very quickly, because you know, Sansevier is apparently blown up in our face. He, he blew us off. Bobby Z is on the phone. So, Bobby, hey, what are you doing, man? I'm talking to you at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, did we didn't really get you out of? Did we get you out of bed, Bobby? Oh no, I'm out of bed. I'm I've been shoveling snow, but. Oh, you have been okay. Bit. Well, good. Not, 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 not heavy snow, but pushing a little bit around. Beautiful Bobby, I had day. a, yeah, I had a combination wonderful day and bad day yesterday. Mm. Uh, at first of all, at first I had not heard that our buddy James, uh, the owl, had died. I, I did not mm. know that until uh, until about midday yesterday. Because as you know. I adored that man. I thought he was one of the nicest guys I ever met. Bobby would come over. Bobby Z with us this morning here on the show. Um, Bobby, just looking back at those football games, my God, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, we played touch football, and uh, it was serious business, wasn't it? It was. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't like a normal like laugh it off game. It was life and death. You know, people were diving and. <laughs> Banging their heads on the grass, knees. You know, it was uh, it was a competitive fun with a lot of great people that uh, were Minneapolis icons. A lot of them. Oh, a lot. I mean, there were so many very. I don't know what you would you call them. Very famous people, I guess. I mean, the band you were in did pretty well, if I remember right, Bobby. Right? Yeah, we did pretty well. It was <laughs> uh, just starting out back then. So, uh, but. Uh, it was you were a believer early, and I appreciate that. And um, oh God, yeah, it, it definitely was a beautiful time to to in the eighties, Minneapolis. And uh, I thank you for the football; it was great. Well, I tell you, honest to God, Bobby, looking back on it, you know, kid from Northside, and just kind of growing up and figuring it out. And I met the Siegel brothers, and and uh, just had a wonderful. And actually, I talked to Bo Siegel yesterday because I had not heard that we had lost the owl. So I mm-hmm. talked to Boski for quite some time about that. And just looking back, instead of yeah, great sadness and losing a friend that I thought the world of because he was always so wonderful to, to me and everybody, except for the time he ripped Cle- uh, uh, Cliff's uh, uniform off his back and he was standing there in his underwear. Were you at that game, Bobby? I. I- it sounds like he lost, but no. I wasn't <laughs> it sounds like he lost. Yes, it did. But, but I look back and I go, okay, so Tom, uh, you never even finished high school. You did this, you did that. And, and I look back on, as you said, played with all these different icons, Minnesota icons, playing football, just hanging out, going to parties together, going to dinner, whatever we did, Bobby, I... I that's what I try to do now, and maybe I've finally woken. I've awakened late in my life to realize there's a sadness to, to just about everything. But by the same token, there's a deep, very deep happiness to it all as well. Looking back on the laugh. Bobby, you and I used to sit and laugh about stuff, watching other people do the things they did. I've always admired you. You've all and. Now, one thing I hope it's been pointed out to you several times, you handled your worldwide fame very, very well. You didn't change at all, Bobby. Well, 
Thank you for that. I, um, you know, I got to meet some extraordinary people, some of the, you know, classic icons of all time. And um, it, it, it's humbling when you, when you see your album next to Abbey Road on a chart or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, pinch, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> for me, it was overwhelming. I mean, you know, Prince was the creative engine genius, egomaniac that we all know, but, um, <laughs> you know, to play in a situation of perfection and, you know, I just took pride in my work. I, I, I really, you know, love people that loved it and, and it's, it's an amazing thing, and I never take for granted. I was a little six-year-old drummer that uh, got to do like what you were saying. You know, you you yep. made some mistakes along the way, and you know you would do certain things differently. But if you're lucky and uh, you you get to do stuff in show business, you're you're one of the luckiest people on earth. So I'm very grateful for it. And I will I will close with this, Bobby Z, ladies and gentlemen. We're I talking just want about to say one thing, though. Sure about James Walsh and Gypsy and Enrico Rosenbaum. They had a yep. record deal way before we did. And um, I thought that they were some of the most talented people ever, those harmonies yep. of how he could play and his keyboard abilities and what Gypsy was uh, and, and what they did was so inspiring to me that it, it, it definitely helped me improve as a musician. But I will never forget that being in Minneapolis, putting on a record from a band from Minneapolis that that KQ probably played that you guys you know back in the day, right? Mm-hmm, and sure. um, it was on the radio. was uh, was a moving and thrilling experience. And James Walsh was a super talented, you know, driven individual, and he will be missed. No, no question about it. It's so nice of you to come on with us today, Bobby. And when we get back into town and. I will reach. I, we got to sit down and go have lunch. Maybe, maybe we'll go to the. the uh, we'll go over and have a little deli lunch. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, we'll dig up the old Lincoln Dell and go sit down in the. <laughs> we used to go there, Pally. <laughs> Bobby. All right, thanks for calling, guys. And uh, thanks, Bobby. I appreciate your dedication to community, Tom, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. See, now, right there, if you don't get a rush in your head out of something like that, uh, you know, Bobby's the one of the biggest band. I mean, Purple Rain, forget, is, was anything ever bigger? No. Do you think? Not for Minnesotans. I mean, and around the world. I, that's that's still our claim to fame, for sure. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. I hope, I hope, oh, I'm sorry, Rudy. No, I was just, we were talking about it this weekend, a couple friends of ours, and I made a comment that, uh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have seen Prince during my 20s. I should have waited until, like, my 30s, uh, because I, I was lamenting about the fact, like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm a Minnesotan. I never saw Prince live. And then somebody showed me pictures of me at a Prince concert. I was like, you know what? <laughs> maybe, yep. maybe we should have waited until you got it all yeah. out of your system, you got all the beer and the booze <laughs> out of your system, and you can enjoy yourself completely fan space that I had seen Prince live in Milwaukee. So, yeah. Um, ah, but what up? So, and I haven't talked to Bobby in years, so it was so nice Love to hear Bobby. his voice again. And especially, you know, you kind of had a little bit of a health scare there a couple of years back. And yeah. He's, yeah. he's doing well. It's good to see. Yeah. I think what we'd offer as we move on to Kristen Bird, who's being very patient. Thank you, my dear. But in any case, um, yes, a horrible thing happened. I lost a friend this weekend. But a wonderful thing happened. I made contact with another friend, Bobby Z. There's always a balance, ladies and gentlemen. Stop. I'm a victim. I, I'm sad. I'm, yeah. It's very sad that I lost a friend. 
but look how happy I am to get to talk to another friend I haven't talked to in a while. There's always a balance, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So cheer the F up. God damn it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you hear that, Kristen? Cheer up. Yeah, Kristen Bird, cheer up. You pill. <laughs> um, I should mention to people who may be tuning in for the first time, Kristen Bird is with us, our uh, Hollywood reporter, Kristen Burt. And uh, I remember one time, we'd been working together now 11 years, and one time about 10 years ago, I walked up to, uh, to uh, Kristen Burt, and she uh, ran up and punched me in the face, just like Will Smith did to Chris Rock. And Which I never is got over it. completely impossible because we have never seen each other face to face. We've person. never met. And it's so weird that we've never met. Working together 11 years and we've never met. Unbelievable. It makes no sense at all, no, honestly. No, <laughs> no it's um, absolutely one of these days. One of these days, I will punch you in the face. Oh, just thank like... you. <laughs> Catherine, well, no, Catherine, no. part two. I know exactly. The KBs are here to get you. Um, <laughs> no, but honestly, th that was some of the big news this weekend. It was actually a very good little intro there because uh, Marlon Wayans had his, his special, which was all about Slapgate, as did Chris Rock. And we had briefly touched upon this on Friday when you weren't here, oh, okay. Tom. Um, I know Rudy for sure saw the Marlon Wayans special. Rudy, did you see the Chris Rock special as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I watched it live on Saturday night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dying to hear your thoughts on the Chris Rock one. We talked a little bit about it earlier. I'll make it quick. Uh, I thought the content was good. I thought the audience felt like they were held hostage because of the live aspect of it. They didn't know what to do. And especially there were times where he would tell a joke and I would guffaw in my living room. And I would think, you're at the Chris Rock show. How did you not get this? I, I, I felt like they just didn't know what to do with themselves the entire time until they re until he really got into a rhythm. You know, like that first couple of minutes, obviously, he's going to come out hot because they're there to see him. And then it died down. You know, Tom brought it up. It kind of died in the middle a little bit. And then he really amped it up at the end. But, yeah, the live aspect of it, I would much rather watch an edited, polished version of Chris Rock than the live version because it really, the audience just did not know what to do with itself. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the bigger story really is about Netflix doing live events over the next few years. They're really ramping up for this. So this was just a tease of what is to come with Netflix. They're diving into the uh, award show realm as well, but I think we're going to be seeing a lot of live events coming on Netflix in the future. I think that's wonderful. I, I like live events. I understand, I understand what Rudy's saying, that comedians, um, when it's all, you know, it's not live and it's polished and everything's really good, it, it's, it is a different feel because he did make a couple of mistakes, which just told me he got, don't you think, Rudy, he just got very emotional at those times? He definitely. I'll, I'll chime in. He definitely got emotional, and the other thing too is I think he got ahead of himself a few times in that whole yeah, concussion yep. um, emancipation situation where he tripped over his words, and he was like, "I'm." He meant one thing and said the other, and I, I just think he was getting ahead of himself. Oh, like this next joke is coming. I'm setting it up, and he confused the two movies. So I know that made him mad. <laughs> yeah, it kind of seemed like that. But so overall, what did you think of his performance? Um, I, you know what? I am kind of a, in agreement with Rudy in that I think it took him a little while to warm up. I honestly thought the first 30 minutes could have just been edited a little bit. Obviously, it was live, so you couldn't edit, but I wanted it a little bit tighter. I thought some of the jokes coming from a pop culture perspective were low hanging in terms of like a Kardashian joke, a Meghan Markle oh, joke, yeah, an yeah. OJ joke. 
so easy to make fun of. And to me, Chris Rock is such a sharp comedian. I just felt like you did those jokes years ago. We don't mm. need that from you. Yeah, the only uh, joke that I, I think in that entire stretch that was like such a good angle was the Robert Kardashian joke where yeah. God reached out because you got OJ, you got a murderer <clears throat> off of murder. Now God is going to do this thing to you. I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen the special yet, but right. I thought that was a really good comedic angle on a topic that has been just beat to death. Yeah, it was a sharp observation, but that's that sharp observation. I could have, I wanted 30 minutes of that. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you wow. on that. I, I did like, I'd say the one thing I, he could have kind of skimmed over, but the Meghan Markle stuff, him relating like, that's just in-law stuff. Like I thought that was a funny perspective and you're right. We didn't need to spend as much time hammering that home, you know? And let's be honest, so many of us were there to just finally hear what he had to say about an event that happened a year ago at the Oscars. Uh, I know why they timed it to this week. It makes complete sense. But I kind of wanted to get there a little faster, too. Mm. I think maybe that was like in my head. I'm like, let's I want to hear it. What do you have to say? (laughs) You know, I got to be honest. One of the reasons I love Chris Rock is he says things like. Megan Marco, what do you got to bitch about? You got lucky as hell. You have the lightest skin of any black person I've ever seen. See, I love comments like that sure. from him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the panel afterwards were talking about how sharp of an observation it was to look behind the ears, which apparently yeah, is a thing yeah. in, in black culture. I had, I've never heard of it, but once yep. it was explained to me, I was like, I wonder why that got such a huge pop. I didn't understand <laughs> it. And then when it was explained why people do that, I went, oh, now, that, now I totally 1,000% get it. Yeah. I love Dana Carvey saying, it's weird that two white men are unpacking a black comedian. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, absolutely. Um, when there were incredible black comedians right there on the panel with them, maybe they should have let it off and had them, you know, and then Dana and David Spade could have joined them as well. It's just funny. Yeah, nice having Arsenio Hall on the panel. Arsenio, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I don't know if a lot of people know this. Kareem does a column every single week or maybe biweekly for The Hollywood Reporter, kind of assessing from his perspective what's happening in the entertainment industry. And he's got some really sharp points. He's a smart man um, and, you know, doesn't fail to criticize um, Hollywood. He it's you know, he's going to go there. And that's what I, I was glad that, to see that he was on the panel as well. No yeah. question. Yeah. There was so much about that special. Like when we at the end of it, when you walked away from it, I just went, ah, I'm glad he ended the way he did, because, you know, you really want to start strong. You want to end strong. But that whole middle chunk there, it just added, it just left so much. And then speaking about, you know, the, the slap, the whole Marlon Wayans, I had texted you on Friday night is when I think I watched it. And as a comic, it was driving me insane how unpolished it was. He was talking about such a subject that we've been waiting for so long to chat about. I just thought, couldn't you do four different sets and edit all? Because it just felt like it was all over the place and his setups were off and then his punchlines wouldn't hit. And but keep in mind, he can't workshop that. He couldn't, you know, if he said that anywhere, like if he, you know, how like you workshop a lot of jokes, smaller rooms and work your way up. 
Like a lot of that stuff he can't workshop because if it was said in any venue, it would have been reported on TMZ. Uh, well, see, unfortunately, I, I disagree with you because Chris Rock actually worked this special out. He did it in certain venues. Like when he you was. You think on, he did the Will Smith part? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you don't get that polished by not doing it in front of a crowd. You have to test that material over and over and you over would just again. I think that would leak if it was actual it did response. Leak before the, it actually did leak before the special, but um, whatever trade, and I can't remember who it was, whether it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter, they said these are the jokes he may be leaning toward for uh -huh. the Will Smith segment. And they did it about an hour before the special, so they kind of held it until they, you know, as oh, close okay. to the special as they could. And I read it, but honestly, reading it on, you know, on your computer screen or on your iPhone is so different than hearing it out of Chris Rock's um, mouth because the tone and the pitch and everything matters so much in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, you know, even when I saw Chappelle probably three months ago, four months ago at the Varsity Theater, all of that material, I imagine, is going to end up on a special coming up, you know? And I think there's also, you know, they take your phone before you go to a lot of these venues nowadays. Right. They, they make you put it away. You're not allowed to have any sort of video equipment. They're really good about trying to suss people out about that stuff, and especially his people, probably pretty good about taking down any material that gets leaked. So I think for the most part, if you can get, especially nowadays in the, the world that we live in with all the digital and everybody's got that capability, if you can get 85% brand new material that you've never seen online or read about, I feel like that's a thumbs up. I think so, too. I think overall it was a success, and I was kind of following along with Twitter. I had a couple of entertainment reporter friends. We were texting each other as this was going on. That's exactly what you want. You want that water cooler moment. And I felt like it was happening on Twitter and it was happening amongst at least my friends and I. We were all watching this live going, okay, that hit. Okay, ooh, I don't know about that. But that to me is a win in the end because we're still talking about it. We weren't like, eh, it was all right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I liked the special. I really did. The middle part, I agree. There was about five, ten minutes of it was not very good in the middle there, but... I don't know. I, I'm just a huge fan of Chris Rock anyway, so I, I suppose even though he, he did kick a couple of lines and was not as professional as he usually is, I still think the world of the guy. I, I think he's very, very funny. I have one question, just to throw this out at you guys. Do you think Chris Rock chose Baltimore for his special because that's Jada Pinkett Smith's hometown? Yep. Huh. Good job. Right? Good job. Something to think about, right? Yeah. Because he hit her pretty hard at the end there. He brought her into the, the equation on this. Yeah, which, which by the way, uh, I, I think there was a couple people that had a couple of, you know, comments about the fact, like, you should leave, leave them out of it. No, you should not leave them out of it. She was the one who started all this with the side eye, and she was the one who's, you know, she's the, listen, Will didn't tell her to go out and have sex with uh, her son's friend. She was, the, yeah, she was the one who kind of went down this route. So, yeah, no, you're at 1,000% you are a part of this, you're just as much to blame as everybody else. And there you so have the it. Question. You're having sex with your son's buddy? What the he hell is that? He was in his 20s, like early oh, 20s. Yeah. And then, it, you know, of course it all leaked out. And then, and for people who don't know, Jada Pinkett Smith has a Facebook watch show called Red Table Talk. She brought herself to the table. That's what they call it when you're like asking people for accountability and brought her husband, brought Will Smith, who sat across from her. And it was the most uncomfortable, oh. like, interview to watch because you know talking about entanglements and that's where that kind of yeah. came into the um vernacular of everyone going oh i got involved in an entanglement you know well that's an affair um but watching poor will smith in that moment he looks like he wanted to be anywhere besides that red table 
Yeah, that makes sense. So, all in all, would you say all in all you'd give it uh, to like, you know, 80%, 85%, 70 Oh, Kristen, all of a sudden just out of nowhere, uh, kicked out. That's a really Weird. good question, though, Tom. I'm excited to hear what she would give that. Because what would you give it, Tom? I would go, I'd go about 85%. It was just that 10 minutes there in the middle of it was not very good at all. It got very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm with you. Kristen, what would you give it? An 85, 80, 75%? What would you rate it? Um, I would say it was probably a solid, I'd say B+. Plus. All right, cool. We'll that's take about a B+. like plus. an 89. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, that's about it. How about you two? I'm, I'm with you guys. I was, you know what? I was laughing. I was by myself watching it. I just put Go-Go down, and I was laughing and, and enjoying it and texting people about it. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to easily say a B plus. Not, not, it's not easy to make yourself laugh when you're by yourself. If it's Rotten Tomatoes, I give it an 84. Nice. Yeah. Well, so we all pretty much are in agreement, right around that B plus, 84, mm-hmm. 85. Yeah, that, I, I, that makes total sense. He's a very, very entertaining young man. All right, sister, since you dumped off on us one time, we're going to leave you in the <laughs> dust. What do you think of that? <laughs> Uh, I love it. Just drop me here on a Monday. I'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> By the way, before you leave, uh, I saw a cocaine bear yesterday. Didn't like it. No. Yeah, not a fan. That's Don't all right. do that to me. That's all right. It was it was okay. It was exactly what it was. It was a bear on cocaine. Yeah. And, yep, that's, it was all in the title. Was but it pretty kind of silly? Parts of it were. I just wanted more cocaine bear. That was it. I wanted more cocaine bear. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I think you just need to lean into the camp. Lean into the camp. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like it was very all over the place. But what do, what do we expect with a name like Cocaine Bear? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and the maybe Godfather. we hyped it up for you too much, too. That's that's that another thing, too. Yeah. When people give it the, you know, oh, my gosh, you have to see it. And then I see it and go, eh, okay. You should just tell me everything sucks. All right, Chris, can you, stay, can you stay for three more minutes? Because it, it just something else popped up. Can you be on for three more minutes? Yeah. I'm here. Um, I don't know who special it is. Uh, somebody told me about special. I didn't see it, but there's a special coming up uh, about Hollywood and how Hollywood is completely worthless now because the woke politics of Hollywood is destroying pretty much every movie they make. When's the last time you saw a really good movie? Right? Cocaine Bear. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. No, there you go. no I, listen, I, I, I really try to avoid just the word woke in general. Yeah, I, I understand. Honest. I feel like yep. the, the definition has been hijacked from people on all sides of the political spectrum. Yeah. And I think if you, the more we talk about like woke politics and woke Hollywood and woke TV, woke this, woke that, we're just losing perspective of like everything, the creativity that actually is being put out there. And um, if you know a TV show might have or a film has a political message and you know it's going to irritate you, avoid it. I do the well, same thing when I know like a topic's going to just completely irritate the, the crap out of me because, you know, that's where we are in, in this day and age and in this era. And um, not all of Hollywood is woke. There are plenty of conservatives here. Maybe their voices are a little bit softer than, you know, some of the liberals, but uh, I think it's important. That's why I don't go to Thanksgiving. Because I just there know, I know I'm going to be annoyed. I know I'm going to be, somebody's going to say something to piss me off. And I'm like, just, I just wanted the turkey and the gravy. Give me a Ziploc bag filled with mashed potatoes so I can go home, please. The second I hear the word woke, literally, I turn my ears off. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> no, I understand that. But here's the problem that I have. When's the last time that I went to a movie? You can have to guess. I love going to theater. I love getting the popcorn. I love sitting there in a movie theater, watching a movie. I cannot remember the last time I saw a movie that I went, God, that was really good. 
But you're the, watching the a lot of content not... at home, though, Tom. I know you are, and I know that there's stuff that you like. Like what? <laughs> uh, Mayor, of Kingstown. <laughs> Mayor of Kingstown. You like Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah, I do. I do. But but it's better writing. For some reason, I, I understand that people maybe don't want to go to the movie theater anymore, but I do. I guess it just kind of pisses me off because it was, man, going to dinner in a movie, what was better than that? That was wonderful, right? It, well, it is amazing. And, you know, the box, I will tell you, this weekend with Creed 3, it's starting to show signs of recovery at the box office. Right. We're up yep. 32% from last year. I mean, we have a ton of big movies coming in this next month. I will say, and this is you're going to groan about this, and I agree with you, uh, most of them are franchises. So, you know, it's it's all of those movies that have already been around. So, like, Scream 6 is coming, and John Wick Chapter 4, and Shazam, which is, you know, superheroes. Mm -hmm. But I, I really hope that, that studio executives are taking a look at, yes, even though you didn't love it, Rudy, Cocaine Bear at least was an original film. 80 for Brady at least was an original film, and people did show up to the box office for that, and We've got to keep pushing, and we got to keep showing up for those movies when they are winners. Yep, absolutely. All right, young lady, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. You bet. I'll be here bright and early. Thank you very much, Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back <clears throat> in just a couple minutes right after this. Tom here. Why should your business work with my friends at North American Banking Company? Here's Minnesota hockey legend Winnie Brown of OS Hockey. North American Banking Company has really allowed our business to grow over the years because whenever we have a question, we have the convenience of being able to walk in or we know exactly who to call to get things done. To learn more about North American Banking Company, go to nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com. Or visit any one of their Twin Cities locations. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Do you ever Google yourself? Are you happy with what you find? Or is it cringy? Are you a business owner or on your company's marketing team? How do you feel when you Google your own place? What do you see? A non-updated social media page you don't even remember making? Ads for your competitors? An old school website with outdated information? Hubbard Interactive can help. They can do it all for your business. They're a Google Premier Partner, so they can use search engine optimization to get your click results higher. They can build a 21st century website for you that communicates all the right things all the best ways. They've got a photo and video department to make your business look sharp, plus social media, influencer marketing, podcasting, and more. All the things that will make you a lot happier next time you Google yourself. Here's a Google search that you'll find rewarding. Hubbard Interactive. You can see all the marketing tools they've used on hundreds of successful businesses, including an extensive gallery of the great work they could help your venture with. HubbardInteractive.com. Building campaigns that connect. Like any good agent, we're here for the open house, for the closing, for handing over keys. But because we're Realtors, we're here for so much more. Agents who are Realtors volunteer at nearly three times the national average. We're working to broaden access to credit, increase affordable housing supply, and ensure fair housing for all. And Realtors are bound by a code of ethics. We're here for it all. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever feel overwhelmed, anxious, or just need someone to talk to? BetterHelp is here to help. Their platform connects you with licensed and experienced therapists who can support you in achieving your mental health goals. Here's where it gets cool. With BetterHelp, you can schedule sessions from the comfort of your own home or really anywhere you are and at a time that works for you. No more worrying about traffic or long wait times in a therapist's office. BetterHelp therapists specialize in a range of areas from anxiety to depression to relationships and self-esteem. Plus, their service is more affordable than traditional therapy with no hidden fees or long-term commitments. 
And the best part, like I said before, you can do it from anywhere you are. Seriously, if you have an internet connection, you can use BetterHelp. Don't wait any longer to prioritize your mental health. Visit BetterHelp.com today to start your journey towards a happier, healthier you. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-Dub today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-D-U-B. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Don't worry, you already got it done. You're, You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Not a problem at all. Did you? When is Chris going to be in studio? Chris is in studio right now. Hello, sir. Oh, he isn't. I have to put up with you for more than 20 you minutes. You don't, actually. I just told Brittany, I'll just sit here and hang out. <laughs> I'll go have a coffee, go downstairs, he get was, an omelet. He was acting like I have any control. He's like, don't worry, I'll do this. And I was like, I, I don't. You're off your mic. No, I think, do you have me queued up on six? There you go. Yeah, oh, that, yep. it's, it's um, you're good. Yeah. And then Bob's on the phone. He finally wants to do some work. I, I don't want Bob on the, you're a disaster, Sammy. I, Brittany called me and said, you have to be like one to piss Tom off, because I heard that commercial just now. So don't, don't answer the phone. Okay, so, wait no, a second. What? So what are we doing? So you're going to do your, your report. Are you going to be doing your report at, at 7.20 on Mondays? 7.15 every Monday and Friday, yes. And I'll explain. You know who's by it? Could he call back in? His, his <laughs> signal is <laughs> you're terrible. You're, you're poking oh, everywhere. Goddamn disaster. Oh, God. Bob, oh. Your, your line is terrible. Whatever you're doing, do yeah. the opposite. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. Call me back. Yeah, I'll call you right back, bud. I'm yeah. not doing anything. Call me back. Oh, that's the worst. It's just... The flow of this show is a goddamn disaster, I will tell you. We're gonna, we are going to work on that. It's terrible. Yeah, okay, calm down, Mr. No, Disney. I'm not going to calm down. Take okay. it easy. I'm not going to put up with Sandy. And I thought I'd be done with his crap by 7. <laughs> no, I love Sandy. You know I love Sandy. He's a good man. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. He, I literally I was listening. He was like... Eh, oh, oh, eh, I know. Oh, oh. Yeah, good, Bob. That's, that's really Tom, the, the trendy thing to call something like that is deconstructed. Mm. Deconstructed. This is deconstructed like podcast. That. Yes, you're My welcome. My brain is deconstructed. Yes, that's true. No question let's, about it. Let's try him now. Bobby, there, bud? Yeah, I'm here. I've been here. There you go. Well, your phone didn't work before. I don't know what's happening here. You know, but, you know, about earlier, my apologies, but you know who I blame? Michael B. Jordan, because I shut my phone off yesterday when I went to see the movie and put the, forgot to put it back on. Oh, it's Creed's fault. Yeah. Yeah. So wait a minute. What, why would that cause your signal to be bad? No, he's I don't know. It's, you know, it, these phone. You know, let me ask you this. Lately, my phone. If I put it in my pocket, it starts calling people randomly. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a it's a thrill. There's I, no question about that. Tom, I recently taught Bob how to lock his phone before he put it in his pocket. So we're like yes. square point five right now. We are not at square one yet. <laughs> what the I hell are we talking about button. now? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Honest I, to God. I was kind of hoping I could have got that clean with nobody talking over it. But could you want to say that one more time, Tom, if you could, just so I can get a drop of you going, what are we talking about now? I know. What, honest to God, I, I listen to the show. It's like, how did we get there all of a sudden? <laughs> See, this is perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> goddamn disaster. I was going to save you the time and just say, I'm a goddamn disaster. You are <laughs> a goddamn disaster. <laughs> Sandy, I got to do your intro. So, so uh, how long are you gonna be oh, with yeah. us, Sandy? You be with us until? Long as you want. Okay, oh. goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy. Uh, <laughs> your words sting. 
Their words sting, baby. No, that's how it is with all new shows. The flow of shows for the first month or two is always horrible. And I don't know why that... Oh, I suppose it's people working together for the first time. But it always happens. It's something... Like, if you guys... When you leave here and you go work somewhere else in the future or whatever the hell it is, uh, I've done it enough times. I've gotten fired more than once. I don't know if you know that or not. Mm -hmm. Oh, please. I've been fired six times by the same company. By the same company, exactly. (laughs) But no, the flow of a show is always, it's always going to determine if it's going to make it or not. Because at the beginning, every show I've ever heard sounds terrible because the timing is not good because you've never worked together before. So you have a little patience. It'll be good. Good content, right? I have no yeah, problem with where we're at right now, but if they listen, man, I, <laughs> Brittany, Tom, if you guys think that we're already off the rails, then we we should tighten it up a little bit. No, we should loosen it up a little bit and calm down. That's what we should be. People <laughs> okay. are very excited. I think it's, I think Rudy is because people get very excited. And I'm not just talking about this show. I'm talking about all shows. People get very excited when they start on a show and they you know they go off the rails a bit. And I I understand being excited about it. It's terrific, no question. I mean, I'm not excited about Sandy being on, but well, Bradshaw and Brian. I, see, I, I can't even do it. the goddamn liner. <laughs> It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Well, thank you to Brad, John, Brian. Always seeking oh, justice for the injured at MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com. Why, why did it have to happen to me? Why didn't I just stay out of the business while I had the chance? I could have escaped. I could have just run away. All right. So anyway. So anyway, Bob, I'm going to introduce you right now, okay? Yes. Bob. Yes, I'm afraid to speak. <laughs> Brad Sean Bryant, personal injury lawyer seeking justice for the injured. Contact Brad Sean Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. The one and only, the very talented Bob Sansevier on the show. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom, for that rousing uh, introduction. It's very exciting. not a problem, Sandy. We love you. You know that. <laughs> yeah. I'll get the call later today. <laughs> hey, why don't you go to another station? Leave us alone. <laughs> hey, would you Leave somebody text Pat Ebert and tell him to quit texting me during the show? Why is he? I don't know, because he wants me to say some information. I think I saw something briefly about 20,000 people at XL, probably for Bruce. Well, so what? I don't know. He's, you know, he's, oh, no, he's well, what we're going to do, Uncle, Uncle Tommy's going to do it sometime this week and go, listen. I'll do the show. Everybody else, calm the F down. How about that? Calm down. Right? I don't need you calling Bob, telling him what he should tell me when he's he, on the show. He is, and like, Jesus. He's terrific, what? though. He's a great guy. So, But I, but if, if it keeps... I don't want you to be hearing that it makes that noise it makes. So, what? Anyway. It makes a noise, and I don't know if it's coming through whenever you get a oh. text. Oh, his text messages. No, he, he's, yeah. he's very fired up. He likes getting involved. Look, I, I'm not saying any of this is negative. Everybody's just very, very fired up to contribute and all the rest of it. It's, it just it always happens. It's just the way it is. It's, it's fine. It's not, I'm not saying it's a horrible thing because it's a good thing they're excited about being on the show and that, that you know, Pat wants to contribute. I understand that. they got no problem with that, right? He does a great job. Well, let's not get carried away. He's salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. So, so anyway, Bob, what's the latest? Yeah. Well, you know, your Minnesota Wild, they've won four straight, eight one-on-one in the last ten, and they made several moves. They, they, you know, this is the team of all of them in town. When you look at them, they will spend money. They will do things to try to win a championship. They haven't gotten a whiff of one, but at least they're making the moves. They're not 
like the Twins have been since their last World Series championship, you know, bringing in pitchers who have had injuries, bringing in guys who've had problems. Uh, Correa was not that type of a player, and hopefully Pablo Lopez is not. But they they've brought in a lot of guys where they just hope they can squeeze a good year out of them. But the Wild are making a move because they're you know right now they're they're second in their uh, in the Central Division of the Western Conference, and they see that this could be a year that could be special for them. So they're making their uh, their move to do it. And now you're down. You know you've been in Florida. You were there for. Uh, Disney World last week. Yep. I, I assume you didn't take the hour or so drive to watch the Twins as well. I did or not. Did you? Okay. No, I watched them. I watched them on TV though. Well, you know, if, I think Joey Gallo could turn out to be. He's been horrible the last year or so because I don't think he's a big market guy. I think he'll. He didn't. New York. It was miserable for him. But I mean, he went three for three. It, it is the exhibition season, but. Some guys need a fresh start, and some guys need that start in a small market where there's not people clamoring and always writing about how, how you know how horse shit he is. And uh, so this could be a good thing for him. And Miranda's showing a little bit of power. He had a couple of home runs yesterday, and they had split squad games. So a lot of people don't get whipped up about the exhibition season, but there are some guys I think you'd be excited about. And maybe these two guys are a couple of them. Yeah, I can see it. So, what do you think overall, Sandy? I, I watched the Pittsburgh. They were on. Uh, well, they played Detroit and Pittsburgh yesterday, correct? Yeah. Um, I, I watched the Pittsburgh game. They lost what five to three? I think was the final, if I remember correctly. Yeah, was it? I think the other one was six two. No, it Something was. Like did they lose? Did they lose that too? No, they won. They won. They oh, won they did. The okay. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, because a split squad, that's going to happen in any case. You're going to have a weaker team. There's no question about that. But So yeah. what do you think of the team so far, Sandy? Well, you know, Tom, I do think if the, the, key, the, key, the key to all of it is keep the pitching healthy because I think they've got good pitching. And we know that they have guys that can hit. They just you know, have to do it. And, that, and I mentioned a couple of guys. One of them, Miranda, could wind up being a star for them. But Joey Gallo is a guy that you know basically took him off the Yankee scrap heap. And if he can start hitting, and again, it's it's exhibition season, so it doesn't really mean a great deal. But mm-hmm. I think he could be a good play, certainly a, a really good outfield. And that's the thing that they uh, they should be. You know, that's one of the reasons they wanted him. They they wanted to get three gold above outfielders. They brought in Michael B. Taylor from uh, uh, you know from Kansas City and Gallo. These guys have won Gold Gloves in the outfield, so they're going to be better defensively. And with Taylor, they got a guy who could fill in when Buxton gets hurt. No one's expecting, you know, to see him play 160-plus games. Sandy, I want you to do me a favor. Do me a favor, will you? Yeah. Um, If Jenny Hubbard, Jenny Morris, Jenny, I still know her as Jenny Hubbard, you know, Jenny Morris, if she ever does an interview about this show, I want you to tell her to say what what you just said about Joey Gallo. Yeah, we started the show. We got Tom off the scrap heap. <laughs> what a nice thing to say. Really nice, Sandy. You Jesus. You have been called worse. <laughs> the scrap well, heap. Did, the scrap heap. <laughs> hey, you pulled me off the scrap heap six times over at the other side. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. This would be seven. Seven scrap be, heaps. Well, this would be the seven firing in radio. Because <laughs> you know it's inevitable. It could even be later today. Sure, I could. We'll it could see. be, actually. Yeah. No, well, I could um, never get rid of Danny. Oh, you're too kind. Did you get to see, by the way, I know you've been busy with the, the grandkids, but did you see uh, Creed Three yet? Uh, no. No. Should I go see it? Yeah, you'll, you'll want to go see it, but it's, 
it needed Rocky. It needed to have Sylvester Stallone yep, in it. That's what I heard. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a little too contrived. And I like Michael B. Jordan and, and everything, but I, don't, I was not. Lammers did not, you know, gave it a lower rating, and I agree with him. And I usually, usually I do agree with him. The movie you should see, though, the Jason Statham movie is pretty good. And Jason Statham? Life, yeah, yeah, Statham. I can't remember the name of it, but it's pretty darn good. Statham, Statham, I don't know. And uh, that Aubrey <laughs> Plaza is pretty good, too. Yeah, I like her. So, She's good. Now, what's that movie? Now i got to find the name of it because it's it's a goofy... Rue de Guerre is the second half, and it's the first half I always, uh, I always seem to forget. But thankfully, we have the magic of Google, so I'll... Uh, I'll find it for you. Well, as I say, while while you're doing that, uh, if I could throw out a uh, recommendation for an Aubrey Plaza movie, Emily the Criminal on Netflix, she should should win an Academy Award for that movie. I agree. She is great. There is nothing, every single scene, she absolutely, you are so invested into that character, and that movie will get no love. And then it's so bad because she, at some point, she has to win an Academy Award, right? I mean, she is that good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Here's the amazing thing about her. I saw her for the first time. I mean, I guess I saw her, you know, before, but I never really noticed her. But in White Lotus, the second season, she comes on screen. I'm thinking, who's this homely wench? She looks (laughs) homely. But then as the show goes on, the woman is stunning. She has the ability to look homely and to look fantastic. Yeah. Hell of a talent. It's called Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. And... It's a goofy as heck name, but it's pretty darn good. And she, she looks fantastic in this movie. And she's always offbeat because she's a very offbeat person, apparently. In real so, Bob, Bob, yeah. Bob, let me ask you a question. Do, compare streaming television to uh, going to a movie. It, it just seems to me all the good materials on streaming now. Bob, if uh, the only issue we have, and it, it's gotten better, is it sometimes has to buffer because we have lousy internet out in the boonies here. Okay. But I, I mean, I've watched uh, I've I've watched a number of movies on. I wish they they would come quicker to streaming. I wouldn't even go, but I I wanted to see both uh, Creed three and I wanted to see Operation Fortune. So I went and saw them at my you know, go to theater, St. Michael Cinema, real popcorn by the way, real butter. But anyway, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't gone to movies as much of, as I have in the past because if you can't find something on a streaming service, you're just not looking. And I, I started watching because I love the 22 minutes per episode. I watched uh, My Name is Earl in first run. Did you ever watch that show? Oh, God, I love that show. Oh, it's hilarious. And I, it's great you know, show. And I remember when they come, all of them come on, but they're so freaking funny. That show was phenomenal. And the casting was it was brilliant casting for everyone that they had in there. That woman that plays Joy, his ex-wife, is she was in, I think, Mom, too. But I don't know why she hasn't been in more, because she is hilarious. Yeah, Jamie so, Presley anyway. is a huge talent yeah. and d- gets yep. overlooked all the time. Yes, she, uh, Jamie Presley is her, is her name, and she she's just hilarious in it because she can play. She doesn't mind putting herself out there. She's an attractive woman, but... She doesn't mind contorting her face and looking goofy either, but she's really good. She's very she was a perfect role for her. So, and uh, I feel like I should give you some more sports nuggets. Works for me, Sandy. All right, uh, the Vikings have. I, I am sure that they will draft a quarterback because they got to get somebody prepared. And there are some 
guys that are tantalizing off of what's happened at uh, this past weekend. You know, because they had the scouting combine. Anthony Richards said this guy had the uh, you know the over forty inch vertical leap. He ran a four four, I think a four 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 forty, and he uh, I mean he could throw the ball sixty plus yards. There's uh, and he threw it. I think I think he threw it fifty nine miles an hour. And another kid there threw it over sixty. I mean these guys can whip the ball around and just get a guy that can. All you need is a guy who can get it to. Justin Jefferson, and I think a lot of these kids could, but they got to get a. And I like the kid from Georgia who will go late because he's a winner. This uh, Stetson Bennett is. I think he could be a terrific player in the NFL. But then again, people thought AJ McCarron might be too, and that didn't work out from Alabama. Yeah, but they will be getting a quarterback. I'm sure of it. Uh, there's really no doubt about that. Sandy, I have a question for you. Yes. How far do you think the average person thinks they can throw a football? I bet you the average person thinks they can throw it 60 yards, and there's no way they can do that. Tom, the average person couldn't throw it 40 yards. That's what I'm thinking. I would say the average person, maybe 25 to 30. And that's somebody in and young. You know? 60 yards, Sandy. 60 yards throwing a football. Man. There Now, I was not there, but there were claims when – Lawrence Taylor played for the Giants that he threw it end zone to end zone. Oh, God. And he was such an incredible athlete. You know, so that's why nobody really questioned it. But there, there are guys that have, you know, that, that can throw that, you know, throw the ball over 60. But I remember uh, Len Dawson, who's been the chief, he beat the Vikings. So if you're a Vikings fan, you remember that name in 69. Mm-hmm. He said he couldn't throw it more than 40, but he said, I don't really have to. Does it mean how often do you have to go back and sling it more than four? Right. No, that's true. You're right. He's absolutely right about that. Questions about Teddy Bridgewater, if he could, because you know they he, he couldn't throw it very deep. And we'll take a look at the Super Bowl, the, the final play for the Eagles. Uh, mm-hmm. He couldn't get, he could barely get it forty yards. So, but that's not because he has a bad arm. So he had a bad shoulder. You know, Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, but, but no, no one could. I mean, Tom, have you have you tried to uh, to throw it? I mean, in when I was younger. I can get it close to 40, but there's no way I can go beyond that. No, I, I would have to agree with you on that one. I've never, I've never measured it, but I was just thinking 60 yards is a long way to be throwing a football. Yeah, Man. and there were, I know there, there was one guy who was a quarterback, but he would like hang out at games because he well, was a quarterback in high school, but he would challenge people on the sideline before games to throw it, see if they could now throw him. He was like a right. ringer, you know, because he could throw it 50, 60 yards. And there was another guy... He was a sprinter in high school. He would hang out at this park in Jersey, and he would challenge people to a race because he didn't look like he could run fast, but he broke in ten seconds. And then he, he I was there for some kind of a, I, uh, it was like a work party. I worked at the Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company, and he came with the challenge. And this one guy goes, "I'm not going to run against you." And he goes, "What are you scared?" He goes, "No, I've already beaten you." Because he beat him in high school, he ran like a nine seven, <laughs> and you know, and what he was doing, he was working in the produce department. So he didn't go to college and run track. He just, uh, you know. But anyway, I digress. It is what I, it is. Okay, so I, I have one question for you for Friday. Yes, sir. Yes, I'll are call you going to call? Are, 
Are you going to call in Central Time or, or Eastern Time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I, you know, Tom, I, I, I got a memo, and uh, Brittany said call Pacific Time. That's what Oh, that's it. <laughs> I hope you don't go to any movies before, because we won't and hear you for two days. That was weird. No, yeah. I, I am. I am batting myself from a movie on Thursday oh, night. Oh, good. Okay, good. No, it right, won't Sandy. be a problem. Guys. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. It's always mine. All right, we'll see you later. Bob Sansevier, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Sansevier, sports sponsored by Brad, Sean, Bryant, personal injury lawyers. How many years have I been working with him now, Brittany? It's, I can't count. It's all PTSD at this point. It's got to be 75, 80 years, something like that. It feels longer some days. <laughs> and he's never, ever changed. I just Let me love, put it that way. I love Bob Sansevier. He oh, cracks yeah. me oh, up. Yeah. And he's exactly the person he is presenting. If you saw him, I mean, he's oh, yeah. just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nope, that's not an act. That's nope. actually Bob. We wish it was. <laughs> we wish it were mm-hmm. an act because then he wouldn't have been fired from the Q6 different times. Right. But he was. So there you go. Speaking of just phenomenal talents, we've got to run a few spots and we'll be right back. Channel 5's Chris Eggert will join us right after this. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan. I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan. And my daughter-in-law, Melissa, yup, you guessed it, drives a Nissan Kicks. And Cart's grandson, Ethan, safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Coon Rapids, north side of Highway 10 and Round Lake Boulevard, Jay Buck runs the show at this Nissan store. This month at all three Nissan dealerships, score 0% financing on Rogues, Altimas, and Pathfinders with up to $1,500 available loyalty cash on select models. Nissan strong and loyal like me. Me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to Walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. I'm due for an oil change. Maybe I'll see you there. 0% financing for 36 months, $27 per month per 1,000 finance on approved credit. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1 800 330 1991. That's 1 800 330 1991. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1 800 330 1991. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot to get started. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think of that action? Um, Mr. Chris Eggert with us, Channel 5's Chris Eggert. So, so Chris, what time do you have to hit the door? Um, today, I'm... I've I've a, I've loose I've got a loose off time today because well, we're we're in a rerun today on Minnesota Live so that's why I'm here in person. But it's why why are you in a rerun? Uh, because we're doing some automation of some equipment at the TV station, and so they need to have the control room to be able to get in there and do all their oh. control room stuff. Controlly stuff. Controlly yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Controlly. Controlly. So you can stay as long as you wish. Then. I mean, yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. If Bob's coming back on again, I'd love that. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. I'm telling you. But you know what? I, I, the all the decades that I've been in radio, that's how it always starts. Everybody just they talk over one another. All, and I understand it's because they're excited and all the rest. But it's like, okay, when are we going to calm down? Let's go. Come on, calm down. Everything will be good. I mean, hey, input's great. There's no question about it. But. Sandy's just one of those kind of guys, he, he's a lot better at talking than he is listening. And I love Sandy, don't get me wrong. I adore Sandy. It's hard when guy. you throw a delay on, a little bit of a delay on there, too, oh. and, and his phone wasn't working very well. But I thought once he got rolling, it was great. <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan was on the screen the night before. Yeah, and yeah, there was, yeah man, you know, like retro, Mercury was in retrograde. Oh, tell me his, about it. His yeah, tire pressure was only it. at like 29. Like, there's a lot of factors Listen, into the fact that Bob true. really screwed the pooch on this one. Yeah. Deconstructed. Yeah. Deconstructed. <laughs> oh, it wasn't only Bob. Let's not just blame Bob. It got really nuts there for a minute. We got some but I tell you, edges. you go into other markets because I've been doing a lot of traveling lately. You go into markets, a lot of radio now, which is destroying radio, unfortunately. Hey, how you today? How's everything, man? You're like, what are you? Why are you yelling at me? You have a microphone. Calm Croker, down. Croakers, right? Like, everything's got. I don't know why. Why did disc jockeys ever... Who invented that? Was there a disc jockey that invented talking loud? It's a good question. It's like the red light syndrome, I think. Right? Yeah. The second that yeah. the, the second the red light goes on in the studio, immediately yeah. your voice changes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder if it was Wolfman. Although he, Wolfman Jack didn't yell. He howled once in a while, but he never yelled, I don't think. Did he? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think he was off the air like 12 years before I was born, so I'm not sure exactly when. Because <laughs> what time, what, what year did he call, did he hang it up? It was like 82, God. 83, something like that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that might be right. I met him one time, and that was in the late 70s. That was when he, he called me, and he goes, Catman, you're stealing my act, but that's all right. I love that. <laughs> I love that story. It's wonderful. But now I, I wonder where yelling came from in the radio, why people talk fast and yell. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'll speculate that some boss along the line said, use more. We really need a little more energy yeah. out of you. Right, and and a, lot right. of, a lot of people translate energy as just yell more. Gosh, every if I had a quarter of every consultant that came along and said, and I I get it, like I sound like I'm half asleep most days because I am, you but it's like, can you guys get just a little more energy into that? <laughs> so then you, you know, you, you come out the next day and you're like, coming out this morning on Five Eyewitness News. You know. So yeah, 
Okay, as long as we're on the subject, it obviously never happened on this show, but it's the other one where I'm a lot smarter than you, that voice. Uh, you know that one? Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say one thing about that, if I possibly could. Don't talk like that, because all you're going to tell me is I'm dumb and you're smart. You, right? can, you can tell when somebody's winding, winding up for a mansplaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah, right. Absolutely. There's a little bit of a warm up. I've been actually, mansplained. Chris. I'm going to yeah. have to correct you mm-hmm. on that. That's fair, Brittany. <laughs> exactly. Right, go ahead, Brittany. What were you going to say? Oh, I don't have a. <laughs> okay. She said the She's a disaster. I thought it was a perfect example. Actually, yeah. you guys, let me just explain what I just did for you. Yeah. Yep. You're okay. welcome. Yeah, there's a great mansplaining compilation I've seen where there was a woman who had like, she developed some sort of scientific notion or like a formula or something. And while in the middle of giving it, there was a guy who stopped her and said, well, actually, let me explain and then explain to her the thing that she created. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe you could just shut your mouth for a minute and let Ouch. the woman who's got the, the, you know, the, the degrees hanging on the wall who created this thing herself, let her explain it to everybody. And the, and the look on her face is great because she just sits back and goes, please, the floor is all yours. <laughs> Take it away there, yeah. smart guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going on in the news? For you. I, got a, I got a question for you. Um, here's the deal. Uh, yesterday, or no, two days ago it was. I, I, my question is this. Is, have people changed completely? Are people under, let's say, 40 years old? Do they have a completely different way of thinking than we do now? I mean, there's always some differences, but it's like 180 degrees now. Um, and I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. You know, when you're, you're at Disney, you can you call down and you order food, and then you, they put it in these little, I don't know, little waiting areas, and you go in, your name's on the bag, and you grab it, and you go back to the room, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have done that before, haven't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm going over there to pick up a little breakfast for everybody yesterday, and... As I'm leaning in to grab the bag, this young woman, she's probably 25, shoved me aside and grabbed her bag, never made eye contact, and just grabbed her bag and walked away. When did that start? Wow. You know, we are far busier than you, Tom. Oh, that's what it is? Okay. We're precious. That's another one. They've got to get back to their room and update their TikTok or whatever the hell they're doing. But wouldn't you at least say, oh, excuse me? I mean, wouldn't you say something? I mean, I just can't. The idea of running into somebody seems wild. Oh, she I, she elbowed me. She didn't even run into me. She hit, She gave me an elbow on purpose. And did you say something? Yeah, I said, you're kind of a goddamn hurry, are you there, sister? <laughs> did she and have headphones she in? At, <laughs> no, she did not. She looked at me like I was, you know... A gangster or something for talking to her like that. I do feel, uh, to your point, that there are, uh, that I don't know if it's the interpersonal communication thing because uh, yeah. the younger people have spent so much time with electronic interaction and not necessarily face to face interaction. I see it with with younger people who come to work. I see it with my own kids. Like sometimes, like just having a conversation with someone seems harder than you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think there might. So I think there might be something there. Hmm. Is it lawsuits? Is that what? Is it based on getting sued now? Is that what it is? I, I I agree with Chris. I was in nursing school with a bunch of twenty year olds who are insanely smart, mm-hmm. and a big thing was just working on bedside manner, is having those direct yeah. conversations. Yeah. It's kind of um, a lost art. It's not something that's easy to teach, and it's something that we kind of forget that has to happen. I guess. 
Well, and everybody's stuck at home doing Zoom meetings and stuff the last X amount of years. Like, mm-hmm. the actually being in front of each other and having conversations is weird, too, now, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see that stuff unfold, just go to a comedy club one night. There yeah. are a few, there's a few people that are in the audience where you're like, you should probably just have stayed in, you know, <laughs> in, in at home. You should have just stayed there. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever, do you, in the middle of a show, do you ever, uh, like, yell at somebody if they're being a Richard? I will always, for the most part, uh, and I think most comedians are like this, most comedians will have a moment where they just... Yeah, you just let it go on for as long as you can until it becomes a problem. I would much rather have somebody talk to me than have somebody talk in the audience to each other. Oh, and just being rude versus... Yeah, because at least if you're talking to me, it's part of the show. If you're just having a conversation at the table with you, now it's a distraction. Yeah. You know, and especially if I'm the one who brings it up. Like, if I, if I talk to you, if I have a moment and I talk to you, then... I have basically opened up the door for you to be able to have that conversation with me. But people who just have a couple extra drinks in them and they stick their foot up on the stage and they're just kind of lean back. It's like, I don't know, maybe you should have a little bit more tact and couth. Didn't somebody, anybody in your life teach you how to be respectful at a comedy show? That is such a dick move. Yeah. Do you, with your kiddos, are you finding yourself kind of incorporating like talking to strangers or not. I mean, I, I know we're supposed to not teach them to talk to strangers. And then at some point we got to like go put your head up and acknowledge people. You know, uh, my oldest one had a, a business program uh, at school where like they integrate them into the business community. And so part of that was going out to different businesses as a junior in high school yeah. and like talking to people and learning about their business and interacting. And so that was something that they, and my daughter's going to do it next year. So they did learn a lot of, about that, having those kinds of conversations and interactions with people. My son's great at it. My daughter's getting there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's a 15-year-old girl, too. So it's a, a lot going on there. With a lot in your own head and all those yeah. things. It's Yeah, it is wild. When you get a teenager who's really talented at, like, having their head up and interacting with something, you know, like a, an attendant, like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah... Tom, in general, did you find like Disney was one of those places? Because there's a lot of young people working there that were pretty mm-hmm. good at interacting. Wait a minute. How'd you know I was back? Because I'm so talented. <laughs> oh, so you're the one that knocked me off the air in the first place? Yes, is obviously. That what you're saying? Obviously, this is the long, the long con I've been working on to get you off air. Yeah. I was wondering why she brought what in the- those hedge clippers this morning. <laughs> I was like, what's up? Again, Bob blames me. Tom blames me. Feels good. Yeah. So do we know why that happened? I have no idea why that happened. No. It's, it should be set for at least 24 of, hours, and then all of a sudden you weren't there. So I don't know. I'll, I'll chat with Mike old. about it today when we get off the air. So, All righty. Yeah. Not a big deal. I just, uh, hey, like I said, the show's two weeks old. There's, we've got a long way to go to get it to where we want, and it's part, just part of the deal, man, right? Which park were you guys at, Tom? Uh, we went to, uh, first of all, we went to the Magic Kingdom and then we went to um, Epcot, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Uh, we spent a lot of time with those because we like th- those two places. Um, always reminded of walking through Epcot and you go from, I don't know, you go from Germany to Mexico to, or I think it's Mexico to Germany to uh, Japan, oh, excuse me, China. And then you keep going and we're walking along to all the different deals. And there were, I'm assuming some might have been. Might have been some southern people at the park that day because we walked into Japan and this uh, woman in front of me in a very loud voice said, and I quote, 
Oh, looky here. We're in Chinese land. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, All right. The South. Well, uh, first of all, where do you get Chinese from Chinese? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I mean, that's part of being at Disney, at Disney World, don't you think, though? Uh, you can run into so many different kinds of people at, at Disney World. It's, I've never been to Disneyland. Isn't that weird? I used to work in Los Angeles, and I've never been to Disneyland. Ah. Isn't that odd? I feel, I feel like you run into most people, they say they're Disneyland or Disney World. It's like rare you get both. Yeah. Well, maybe that is true. Maybe That's it, true. You got a good point I there. I agree yeah. with that. Um, I texted Jason uh, Matheson. I said, because he posted something about being at Disney World, I said, are you and Tom there together? <laughs> are you on the teacups? Actually, Actually, he texted me after you texted him, and he said, my God, we're at, at Walt Disney World, too. And I texted him back, we'll stop by. We're at the Riviera, stop by and have a drink. Never heard from him. He stabbed me right in the back. What a jerk. really. Seriously. (laughs) I thought you guys would both put on your mini ears and, and hang out, but... Oh, as a matter of fact, I was wearing my Mickey Mouse hat, and then my daughter uh, and uh, granddaughter thought it would be very funny if I wore Minnie Mouse ears over the hat, so I had the Minnie Mouse ears on for three days. I love it. The pictures were adorable. I, I, like, I absolutely loved it. It was so funny. Oh, you've seen the pictures Oh, yeah. You're, it was, it's been all over the social media. <laughs> Wonderful. Isn't By the way, great uh, not to interrupt the Disney talk, because I've got a lot of feelings on that, but uh, we just got a breaking news alert that the, 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 from the Star Tribune that the Vikings have released Eric Kendricks. Oh, oh no that, kidding. Yep. Because hmm. hmm. you kind of knew some of those guys were probably going to be going. You got Kendricks, you got Harrison Smith, yeah. um, Thielen. Some of these guys are kind of, it's thought that they'll probably end up having them go someplace else. That just came across a second ago, Tom. Do you think Thielen's going to go too? Or did he already go? He, no, he hasn't. There's, I'm, Well, he hasn't said much about it, but his wife was, people were all over his wife on social media. She was being very, oh. she's being very vocal about not wanting to leave and, uh, you know, implying that it was probably going to happen. So, and I saw him on the draft this weekend. He did, actually when the guy that uh, Bob Sansvier was talking about was running his 40. Um, Adam Thielen was on watching him. And I also thought, like, well, why is Thielen doing that? Why is he on on a Saturday afternoon doing, you know, uh, color commentary to the NFL Combine unless you're, like, trying to get out there a little bit more? I don't know. It's, it's all interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for a Minnesota guy, you know, like he's yeah, been around. Right. He doesn't want to yep. leave. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Yep. He does. He wants to retire as a Viking. So it's either this or nothing. And I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him either. No, I agree with all of you. As a matter of fact, it's it, he went to Mankato State, did he not? Yep, I believe uh, that's what I remember. And where is he? I know he's from Minnesota, but where is he from in Minnesota? Detroit Lakes, I believe originally. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, why? Yeah, you wouldn't want to leave. You grew up in Detroit Lakes. That's a hell of an area, anyway. I love that area up there. But uh, matter of fact, you want to hear my my favorite Detroit Lakes story of all time? Let's go. What is that? About two hundred miles, something like that. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there, yeah. Is it a little short, a little it's, long? It's a, yeah, miles. it's somewhere in there. I think it's like about two and a half, three hours. Yeah, three to yeah, four. So if you're flying, yeah. so by the time, yeah. So there you go. So um, my daughter Alex, who's a friend of Brittany's, uh, and I mentioned she's a friend of Brittany's because they would act the same. Brittany would have done the same thing. This is all I'm saying. Uh, she was about ten years old, and she wanted to go to this camp for girls up in Detroit Lakes. Okay. So I said, no, nah, no problem, don't worry about it. So we uh, hop in the car, and I drive up the three hours to Detroit Lakes, 
and I bring all of her stuff in, and we're, you know, she's all excited, and oh my God, it was the greatest. But I would say three hours and ten minutes later, because I had just gotten back to Minneapolis, I had to go back and get her because she decided she didn't want to stay. Yeah. So 12 hours of driving that day, three up, three back, three up, three back. Thank you. It is a really beautiful drive, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You're absolutely right. I love the positivity. Stop and see Big Ole on the way in Alexandria. Oh, you got it. Absolutely. But I, 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 I like Thielen. I, I think Thielen's always done a good job for the Vikings. As you know. What do you guys think of that? I, I think it's hard. I mean, I think he could probably... I mean, to be honest, I think he could probably stay, but they're going to restructure his contract, and then he gets down to pride. Like, do are they willing to take that kind of a pay cut when it's insult? You know, it's insulting. I, I'm, I'm just speculating. It's going to be insulting, but it'll be. You know, they'll ask to restructure, and so then you got to go. Well, do I want to be here that bad, or am I okay with going down to Miami for a couple of years, or you know, wherever it might be? I mean, it's kind of the nature of the NFL, unfortunately. Yeah, he's kind of a little long in the tooth. Is he going to, you know, are they going to be able to get much for him? So, yeah, you're right. If anything, I feel like he is one of those guys that maybe, possibly, could take a little bit of a pay cut because he knows how big of a threat Justin Jefferson is. He knows that like, when they're firing on all cylinders, that team is very good. They just happen to have those moments where they go down by 33 points in the first half and then have to battle their way back, which you can do in the regular season. Pretty tough to do in the playoffs. So you got to make sure you have all the elements there. And I don't know. I think he would do one year at a lessened rate, but I'd be tough to get him for two. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Maybe. I don't know. But then. Let's watch him play. Yeah, who the hell knows, though? You know, I, these are the times, this is like the, the fun part of the NFL right now is when all this chaos is happening. People end up on different teams, and you never know whose wife is going to lose their mind on social media. Like, that's the, this is the best part of the NFL when it's not going on. I've got a, right, um, oh, go ahead, Tom. No, very quickly, I just want to spin the wheel. Who's your favorite Viking of all time, Chris? Oh. We'll get back to you if you want to think, I think about it. John Randall, I just would go with that right away. Johnny Randall, yeah. well, hell of a choice. Yeah. Uh, Brittany, how about you? Um, I like the guy who uh, does the uniforms. Uh, and sure, the uniform guy. <laughs> I don't have a favorite Viking. I mean, I don't li- really. No, and like I've lived vicariously. You know, I've been around so many sports experts, and I've had a really fun time. But I do. I agree with Rudy. Right now, the fact that we get to stock Facebook and social media, I go. This is where my expertise lies, and I love it. Mm-hmm. What does Makes that sense. have anything to do with the question? No, because I'm Explain saying that to me. No, you're I'm, a disaster. I'm saying I'm having fun with you guys speculating off Facebook and no, Twitter posts. Like that alone is keeping no. me thriving. <laughs> it's not the question. The question was who is your favorite Viking? You went all the way to I like chocolate. Oh, okay. I see. We're mad at Brittany today. I see. No, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm trying <laughs> oh, to have some fun here, sister. It feels anyway, like so it. so do you really not have a favorite Viking? No, I don't have a favorite Viking. Like I'm just. Well, I don't. You don't have to ridicule me for having a favorite. Oh. Viking. Oh, okay. oh, no, I just thought maybe, Rudy, do you or do you not have a favorite Viking yourself? I, I, I have a favorite Viking. His name is uh, Brett Favre because I'm a Packers fan. Um, uh, but, there you go. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. but my favorite uh, Viking of all time, Chris Walsh. Oh. 
Oh, good pick. Chris Walsh. And here's why. Because when I was 19 years old, I was in Mankato at the, at the training camp, and he walked by, and he was my favorite player because he also, a little undersized. I'm like, I need to find a guy on the team that I can enjoy because I also am a small person. And when he walked by, I was like, Chris, get an autograph. And he went, nope, and kept walking. And I was like, that's why I like you. <laughs> that's why I love you. That's funny lo- that's your reaction. Yeah, I was like, that's why I like you. Thank you for being so... He was Aww. like, I have no time for you, dude. And he just kept walking. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I like this guy's attitude. So I've been a fan ever since. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how about you, Tom? To him? Well, very quickly, what happened to him? You know he spent a little time at a pink tent in Phoenix, Arizona, right? I didn't Did you know, know that? that. No, I didn't know that. Explain. Apparently, Chris might have had a, a look, 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 a few too many and uh, got pulled over by Sheriff Arpaio's people. Oh. And Sheriff Arpaio used to love to make examples out of famous people. So he put him in jail in a pink tent. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice man. In a pink tent. Weird. Uh, my favorite Viking of all time. And by the way, the people that you mentioned, I couldn't agree with you more. Johnny Randall was phenomenal. You get on the Chris Dolman. There, are, I know there are tons mm-hmm. of. T- so Brittany, I actually, you know, because you can't take a joke, I'll come back and just tell you that I do agree with you. It's, it's way too hard to pick somebody. I'm with you. Are you the be? And you know, to be blatantly honest, I suck at sports, and that's why I love being on the show. I feel like I'm learning so much, and so you know, it, okay. of course, the the first names that come to my hand is like. Um, Keith Miller, we've got uh, Millard, I'm sorry. And like Keith Miller. I said Millard. <laughs> Get out. Chris, she said Millard. She said Millard. Chris she gave me that Millard. one. Chris gave me that one. No, but of course, like I can I think of like the Randy Moss, the Culpeppers. I think yeah. of you know yeah. the obvious names, but I don't know enough, and that's why I go. No, I understand. I, I made fun of myself saying it's the person makes fun, makes the uniforms, makes them look sharp, but was nothing wrong with that. My favorite Viking of all time, and and again, there there are people just beneath him because I the people like the Johnny Randalls of the world and everybody you mentioned, uh, Fran Tarkenton, and you keep going all the rest of it. But my got to be Chuck Foreman, man. Yeah. Because uh, well, Chuck and I have become friends, and that maybe had I don't think it has anything to do with it. Because I I when he was a rookie, I thought, my God, this kid, amazing, but. Uh, you know, you look at that, your favorite twins, favorite Vikings, favorite, uh, you know, whether you're into hockey or basketball, baseball, football, whatever it is. But I understand your point, Brittany, that, that if you don't really pay that close attention, it's pretty tough to pick your favorite of all time, no doubt about it, right? Yeah, and I, I've honestly, like I said, I've really enjoyed this show has done such a good job at making sports really fun for me. And I really, it's the Ooh. Score North guys. Even sometimes Bob Sansevier is a decent listen. So I've been having a blast. <laughs> Danny's getting one. crucified today. Isn't That's he? great. Uh, <laughs> speaking of John Randall, we were at a Top Golf one time for an event. This is like a year and a half ago, and John Randall was there, and he, he walked over to where we were swinging the sticks. And I said, uh, I said, "Hey, John, you mind if we get a picture real quick?" And he said, "Yeah, get in here." So he's on. I stand on one side of him, and my brother-in-law stands on the other side. And as he's about to put his arm around us, my brother-in-law goes, "Should have brought my cheese head with me." And John Randall turned and stuck his middle finger right in Justin's face. And that's the picture that they took. And he started laughing. Justin goes, can we get another picture with you smiling? He went, nope. (laughs) And walked away. And that was that. I was like... 
Way to stick to your guns, man. I like yeah. the like we were talking about last week. I like when sports, when people on different teams hate each other. Yeah. There's yeah. a thing to it. I I like the fact that John Randall has not let it go. That he still hates the Packers. I like. There's something that is just so poetic about it because nowadays when you see the guys after the game and they're exchanging jerseys and they're in the prayer circle, I'm like, no. I want you guys having to be separated by the local police. I want you yep. guys to have separate uh, w- w- walkways to the locker room. I don't want you guys. I don't want to know you guys are texting each other after the game. Right? Yeah. It, it, listen, when you guys retire or you get to the same team, then everybody can be all you know nice and happy with one another. But until then, I want a little bit of uh, a little bit of bloodshed. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. fair. I do agree with that. My team is my team. No question about it. For sure. No doubt about it. Yeah. I got to point something out. Uh, a friend of mine, Jerry Stenstevold. You guys ever work with Jerry? He was an engineer, uh, doing voiceover engineer for years and years and years. Uh, he's been retired for a number of years now. Do you guys ever work with Jerry? He sounds really familiar. Know? Yeah. I, I, not, I don't think so, though. Great nope. guy. He sent me, today's kids will never understand the sheer magnificence of this structure in your home. And it's hilarious because I can... I could probably send, I'll send you over the picture, but here is what he took a picture of, and I don't know where he got it. But again, today's kids will never understand the sheer magnificence of this structure in your home. Uh, The bottom, there are six separate units. The bottom is a disc player. On top of that is a cassette player. On top of that is a radio. Mm -hmm. On top of that is... Is the uh, you know the the engine that drives the ship? Mm-hmm. On top of that is the tuner, and on top of that is a phonograph. <laughs> ah, the They're old, all stacked up beautifully. They're the all the same size. Component system, yeah. Yeah, the component system. Now, of course, I just held up my phone next to it because my phone does the same thing that all of those things did together. It probably so. sounds better too for them, <laughs> depending on how much money you had to spend on one of them. I know we, we were. My uncles God. would get that crap, and it would be like Sears, like the lowest quality possible. You'd oh, sure. Turn the speakers on. It's like, Char- sound like Charlie Brown's teacher <laughs> in Van Don't Halen. I love that. <laughs> Van Halen, there you go. But no, I see, it's thoughts like that, that they used to go through all of this crap. My God, and the, what was it, Betamax? Wasn't that a format at one time? Mm-hmm. Beta, beta or Betamax or something like that? Yep, there were the big CDs, there were the little CD mm-hmm. or DVDs, yeah. CDs. Um, oh, could you imagine just telling your children nowadays, oh, we only get eight songs in the car. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's it, right. just yeah. eight tracks, yep. that's all you get. Sorry, you nothing more. That, and oh, if you want to listen to that song again, well, hang on, you're going to have to rewind it. <laughs> what? Yeah. And there's not yeah. a button that just, yeah. oh, they would lose their yeah. minds. Yeah. yeah, they have no idea. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned eight tracks because I uh, I don't know why the hell I ever did it, but I, I bought Led Zeppelin 2 is that the one that had You Shook Me on it? Remember the song You Shook Me by Led Zeppelin? Great song. Good question. On, I'll look it up. One or two. It was either on one or two. I, I don't remember. But I bought it on eight track because that's all that was available. It's like, I'm not going to buy the album. I'll buy it on, on tape. That's got to be much better. Yeah. And then I put it in a friend of mine's car. Roy Matson had a, an, an eight track player in his car. I put it in there and they're just kicking ass. Jimmy Page is just ruling, no question. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of the song, it fades out, clicks, and fades back in as it changed tracks. I'm like, are you pulling my tit? Oh, heartbreaking. <laughs> it was terrible. And well, Tom, is that like a big device then? Like those 8-track players? Like It's actually about the size of 
while the the eight track itself is about the size of a of a of a phone, really, it's a little bit thicker, but maybe like an egg yeah. waffle. Okay, size. and so the device that play like they play yeah. in is that big? Because I just hard to imagine that in a car. Yeah, they had them in the car. Yeah, the radio was kind of shrunk down then, like the okay. eight yes. kind of took up yep. most of the space. Okay, cool. And then they're that, what this is like the weirdest format. Like all the other ones, kind of make sense. Eight yeah. track does not make any sense to me. Like, no. a, like a step back a little bit. They, they can cycle through like the six programs or whatever on the side. I don't even did that even go to the next song or did it advance two songs or I don't even remember how the hell that worked. I don't remember it either. I just remember that thing fading out and fading back in right in the middle of this great solo by Jimmy Page. And like, really? You had to do it <laughs> there? Sad. Tom, yeah. you're not like a stuff keeper, but did you keep all that stuff? Like, do you still no. have? No, because I'm sure you had all the DVDs, all the CDs, all I mean, all the things at some point, yep. and you just yeah. got rid of them as you moved? Yeah, I don't even know where it ended. The, the, the one I do regret, I had a massive vinyl collection, and I don't have it anymore. Really? Oh, yeah. It, I should have kept all that stuff, don't you think? Yeah, especially, I feel like your your kid, like Andy, my, I could see him getting into vinyl, like him liking yeah. that. And Alex loves that classic. I mean, like, if you, playing that stuff, I think would, so I'm surprised, yeah, you don't have that. Man, my cousin had a collection of 4,000 records. Oh, yeah. wow. 4,000. Yep. He was the manager. You guys remember the uh, Cheapo Discs on University Avenue oh, sure. in Fridley? Yeah. yeah. He was oh, the man- sure. He's a manager there for like 15 years, so that's where most of the collection came from. And a few years back, his wife finally said, I want my basement back. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem yeah, right there. Exactly. Yeah, you got to do something with it. So he sold about 2,000 uh, albums and just kept the ones that have a little bit more higher value to them. And yeah. other than that, uh, the rest of them were all gone. But yeah, some of the oh, some of those titles you just you'd go through and go, I forgot some of these things even existed, man. You know, uh, but sure. that, looking at uh, that Zeppelin album you were talking about, it, uh, you shook me is off of Led Zeppelin one. It is one. one. Okay, mm-hmm. it was one or two. I couldn't remember for sure what it was, but yeah, Led Zeppelin one is one of the greatest albums of all time. Was nineteen sixty seven? I think it came out. Sixty nine. Like yep, the first 69, one. Sixty nine. Okay. Yep. There yeah. you go. Makes complete sense. Yeah, but um, that's why I love I'm glad the. That doesn't happen anymore. Well, I love the Frampton comes alive bit that they do in Wayne's World. Do you guys remember that? Um, yeah. I don't know. When uh, they they start talking about it's him and Tia Carrera when um, um, you know Wayne and Tia Carrera are, are laying in bed and she goes, "My favorite album was Frampton Comes Alive," and he's like, "Frampton Comes Alive." Everybody had Frampton Comes Alive. They they sent it in the mail with samples of Tide. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that scene. That's funny. Oh That's yeah, cool. but that but he's, it's so true that there were just some albums that there everybody were a billion of them. and yeah. especially in the mid '90s. Like if you were coming up, you know, if you were like a frat boy in like 1996, everybody had the Doors' greatest hits, oh, but yeah. nobody had an actual Doors album. It's all they and they had like Jimi Hendrix's greatest hits, yep. but nobody. They just had greatest hits compilations. Everybody had that. You got to like dig deep and find some of that stuff that not everybody has because there was so many good beat tracks to those albums that just kind of get lost because of you know whatever. I, I you have to listen to uh, you know uh, you shook me all night long by ACDC. Great, but there's a ton of other great songs off that record that nobody gets to hear. You know, your, your point, well taken, because I, Jimi Hendrix is one of my favorites of all time. I adored Jimi Hendrix from the time I was a mid-teen, and I can't remember which, it was Third Stone from the Sun, or it was, I don't know which song it was, but all of a sudden at the end of the song, you can hear him if you listen. It's not quite a, it's above a whisper, but it's certainly not even close to full voice. 
all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, for no reason, Jimi Hendrix says, and you'll never hear surf music again. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Weird. He pours a drink out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? I, I was fascinated by why he would have done that. Goodbye, Cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy didn't live too long, unfortunately. No, but, uh, he lived it up, though, while he was here. That's for sure. Although you can apparently see a sculpture of his dink hanging out some woman's house. She's still got that, doesn't she? Nice. Where did she die? She might have died, actually. You know guys know about that, don't you? No. Yeah, that's the Plaster Caster song from Kiss, right? Isn't right. That, yeah, they, they sing right. about, yeah, there yep. was a lady back in the day that would go around and make molds of rock stars' phalluses and then keep them and, you know. Yeah, I, I can't believe you guys haven't heard this story no. before. No, no. Okay. Everyone needs a hobby. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, there you go. We shall take a break here. Be right back. So, Chris, you can stay with us for a bit longer, I hope. It's it's totally up to you guys because I really please. don't have much to say, but I'd I'd love to. Yes, yes. You can, st- can you stay for most of the nine o'clock hour? We'd love to have you. Sure. Well, oh, that sounded enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean yeah, it like that. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, over. Great, huh? no, I don't want to overstay my I'll, welcome. I'll even make you coffee. You stay. Sweet. Perfect. All right, stay as long as you want. If you got to go, you got to go. But if, we'd love to have you. It's all we're saying. I got right. nothing to do, man. Yes. We will be right back, ladies and gentlemen, right after this. Uh, of course, next hour, Chris Eggert. But Score North's Phil Mackey will also join us. It's going to be a great hour. It's coming up next right here. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need. Indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign. And we handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 330 1991. That's 1 800 330 1991. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1 800 330 1991. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Jesus. <laughs> You okay, Tom? <laughs> Rudy, can you hear that? <laughs> I I can't hear. I know you can hear, it, but I can't hear it in 
Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. So there's a feed that goes to Tom from oh. your microphone so he can hear what you guys are saying in there, I, but I can't. Honest to God. Yeah. They're sitting in the same room, and you hear Chris, and he goes, yeah, so what do you think? And there's Brittany. Well, here's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Would you calm down? I don't know how. So, yeah, because you can't turn your mic off, right? There's no mic switch. No, and it just goes to you, but yeah. Uh, just, we were, of course it just goes to me. Why wouldn't it? You're welcome. We are not going to charge you extra for that. That's usually a Bonus paywall. content. Yeah. Bonus content. It's usually an uh, OnlyFans yeah. account that gets that, but you're welcome. Yeah, that was weird because I was trying to think. And I'll get used to it. I mean, if it can't be fixed, it can't be fixed, and I'll get used to it. But I'm just not used to hearing people talking over the commercials because that used to make me nervous as a bitch, obviously, back in the day. But laws that the listeners can't hear, and I don't give a rat's ass, but it's so funny because you guys, it just you, you go on and on about these subjects. And they're pretty interesting, some of the stuff you're talking about this morning. Yeah, it was... Uh... We were running back into the studio, and I made Chris abandon his coffee. I actually hit it out of his hand and said, we don't have time for that. Get in the studio. Just get in on the air. <laughs> you, know what that, you know what you just told the listeners? Hmm. Did you talk so loud I can hear you when you're not even in the room? You're so welcome. So what does that tell you? No, I was saying he was out of the room, and I no, lunged no. at him. She ran at me, and then I came running around the corner, and I said, look out, one, one-legged one man running, take yeah. cover or something, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. He threw his leg at me and said, take this. And I said, okay. And yeah. we threw it up at the corner, and we're, we're set, Tom. We're ready to go. You always are. Doing a magnificent job, there's no question about it. And by the way, Chris, I'm glad Yo. you're in today because uh, one of the days I was at Disney World over the past five, six days, whatever it was, there was a man there with one arm and no legs. Yikes. And he was walking around there. He made me look like a fool. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> like, Jesus. How do you guys do that? I mean, uh, does it take a, a while? Uh, the cadence to your stroll has got to be different, I would imagine. For sure. It's and it's way different for somebody who has both a, a bilateral amputee because right. um, the thing, like, I can't, I can only be on it like I, we had a really long day on Friday and like it hurt for like three days after that. Cause you oh. get to think like your whole body weight, what's well, distributed on your other leg, but it's coming down like to a, like a point, like that very tiny end of a, it's so it, it does take a beating. Um, for sure, I get that guy. I don't know how he was going. It. I hate. By the way, I hate Disney. It like we lived in Orlando for. <laughs> we lived in Orlando for five years, and every single person who came to visit, let's go out to the parks. And you know, it was novel like the first fifty times. Yeah. Um. So Tom, when uh, when Catherine put the picture up. <laughs> you guys, I was like, oh my God, that is everybody at Disney. Like at some point during everybody's trip to Disney, like everybody just melts down and the kids uh, are tired and you just want to get the hell out of there and go back to your room. That That's, that's magical. Now that's, that's Disney magic right there. <laughs> well, that's why like my, uh, my sister who planned our trip to Disney in like three weeks, she, we're, we get there Saturday and she said, Tuesday, it's a free day. Smart. Well, go do sure. whatever you guys Very want. Smart. Feel yep. free. Yep. Just go out. And you were talking about golfing at some of the Disney World uh, golf courses. My brother-in-law mm-hmm. are going golfing on that Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And this is a sort of an indicator of how much dough it's going to cost us to get through it. He hits me up. He oh. goes, He goes, how much uh, are you willing to spend for golf? I said, I don't know. Well, what, what, we're in Disney. We might as well, if we're going to do it, I'm only going to do it one time. I'll spend whatever. And he goes, all right, it's going to be like 100 and whatever, $147. I said, man, that's a, a little expensive for 
18, but what the hell, it's Disney. And he goes, that's only nine. Oh, oh sure. I, was, I believe that. Yeah, and I go, I go. All right. Well, what's the other nine cost? He's like, it's another thirty-five dollars. I said, well, then just pay it. If we're already, I'm already in it for yeah. hundred and fifty right, bucks. Right. Just pay the right. extra thirty and let's enjoy a full round of golf yeah. instead of us just skimping out. Because I want to save thirty dollars. I've already spent like three grand on this trip. We haven't even left <laughs> yeah, yet. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's spendy. It's spendy. Hmm. There's so anyway. no doubt about it. I tell you what, though, it's they do a hell of a job, and and we got. Certain little, yeah. What you have to do is find somebody who's such a huge fan of Disney World, Disneyland, wherever you go, because they know all these special little nooks and crannies where you can go sit and hide, and there's nobody else around For that sure. nobody yeah. else knows about. There are fixers that you can actually hire. Yeah. Like you can hire yep. a fixer to go into the park with you. It's it's like when you travel overseas and you've got like a guide or something, yeah, you know, yeah, somebody yeah. who's like that's what you do. You get a fixer and you go in there if you've got the dough. I knew somebody who did it once, and he's like, it was the ma- most amazing thing. Like they never wait in line for anything. They, you know, their guy just took care of it. I don't know how the yep. hell that worked, but that's amazing. We did that, as a matter of fact. We had uh, oh, nice. Chloe. Chloe was her name. I get, you guys know the name Ted Malone. Only if you study your radio history would you know who Ted, Ted Malone, Malone is. Although Sam Malone on Cheers was originally to be called Ted Malone in honor of him. Oh, really? Oh. But then they decided they didn't want to pay the money, so they named him Sam Malone. <laughs> so there you go. But Chloe, our guide at Disney World, uh, her great-grandfather was Ted Malone. And I said, well, isn't that nice? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, isn't it nice that I know who your great-grandfather was? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's really nice to know. But Yeah, he was a radio legend. The man was very... Uh, uh, kind of soft spoken, very very intelligent guy. Ted, he's been dead for Christ. He's probably been dead for fifty years already. Does she have the last name Malone? Like, how did you arrive at that level of her family tree? Like, you, <laughs> how how much conversation did it take to get to that point? I will tell you how we got there so quickly, and it was very quick because Fawn, six year old little baby girl, mm-hmm. my granddaughter, goes up to Chloe and hugs her and says. I love you. No. Because <laughs> she was, a, Chloe's a very sweet person. So then we started talking about grandkids and then got to mothers and fathers and then grandfathers. And then eventually we got to great grandfathers like Ted Malone, you know. I, it, but she, she, matter of fact, we're going to have her on the, uh, I believe we're going to have her on the family show uh, this afternoon, this morning. I, I mean, think Chloe's going to come on. Did he, Was she shocked then? I mean, like, your radio legend, did you guys have a lot of talk to talk about then? Well, she was just impressed with the fact that I, because I think Sam, Sam Malone, Ted Malone, <laughs> went back to the Cheers character. I think Ted died in about the mid-80s. Uh, 89. Um, oh, he died in 89? Yep. Okay. So what does it say about him? I'm glad you looked that up. What does it say about him, Candace? I can't, uh, Jesus God. It's fine. My brain is just fried. <laughs> no, it's fine. Honestly, no, it's You're my, coming for my life now. <laughs> You're a goddamn disaster. I That's am. all I have to say to you. It's fine. I really was looking to relapse, so I'm so happy Good. that today Good. is going yeah. this well. Um, <laughs> really smooth. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You always know such uh, obscure things, and there's not a lot. Uh, I would love to find a more formal thing about him. The New York Times wrote up an obituary on him that looks pretty interesting but long. And so... Um, you and just, there's a paywall on it if it's a New York Times, right? Like, you can't even get into it. He's a radio pioneer who won a national uh, following as a uh, soft-spoken reader of homey yep. and sentimental poems 
Yep. And he died of liver cancer at his home in Stratford, Connecticut. He was 81 years old. Huh. Yeah, legendary guy. I uh, knew him. The reason that I knew him is because I was offered the morning show at Chum FM in Toronto, Canada in 1980. Oh, God, no, that was 1970-something, 70 77, 78, something like that. I don't remember. This was back in the day. Chum FM is a legendary radio station in Toronto, Canada. Toronto, you guys ever spend any time in Toronto? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. Phenomenal town. It, don't it, you think it's, it's a great really town? cool. My, my, my um, stepdad has a bunch of cousins up there, and we would go up there in the summertime and go to the Toronto area. It's really cool. That would have been, a, it's a weird, the call letters are weird, though. Chum. chum FM, yeah. yeah chum. That's a rough Who's your one. chum up here in? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. So funny. Well, you want to hear the reason I didn't end up working there? Yeah. Because this is true. I love the town of Toronto. I thought Chum FM was fantastic. It was quite. I mean, I was in. I think I was working in Fargo at the time, if I remember. And uh, so I thought, well, Jesus, this is going to be. Uh, I found out one thing, though, that kind of put a dent in it, and I, I said, nah, you know what, I, I think I'm going to stay where I am for right now. By the time you added up the Toronto taxes, the Canadian taxes, the Minnesota taxes, and the U.S. taxes, I would have made about 10% of my money. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You have to pay all the taxes to every place you're either from or are currently living. Really? Yep. I would have had to pay all the tax, and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you the taxes altogether were more than 70 percent, 70, 75 percent. Yikes, that's insane. It really, well, what was Minnesota and the United States, Minnesota taxes now combined to over 50 percent, do they not? Probably. I don't I think yeah. they're even they higher. 30? Yeah, I don't know if they've raised the, if they raised the <laughs> drivers or the license tab things yet today. I feel like they do that every other yeah. minute. Yeah. Well, good because all the potholes are going to be fixed this week. Then, if it's over fifty percent, because man, I hit uh, one on the I hit one on the way to work today. That was like, did, did I just go into a crater? Like, what the hell happened, man? <laughs> I, like, guess, I live so here bad. now. Jesus, yeah. I uh, just looked up Ted Malone. Looks a lot like Mel Blank. Yeah, he does. The, he absolutely yeah, is very good. The, the voice of uh, Bugs Bunny, like, has that tiny yep. little mustache. Which, by the way, you could not get away with that mustache no, nowadays. That's, that's kind of a no-no. Kind yeah, of a no-no. Michael Jordan was the only person to pull off that mustache, besides a certain well-known historical figure. But uh, Ted Malone was rocking this thing before it was <laughs> out of he, fashion, oh, yeah. if you will. <laughs> you know, no, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. God, you guys just give me all these wonderful memories because uh, about that same time, late. No, that would have been around the late 70s, I guess. I was out in Los Angeles cutting some voiceover stuff. But you ever work at Buzzies, Rudy? Uh, I don't know if I have or not. In L.A.? Yeah, in L.A. Yeah. I haven't. No, it, no. I don't know if it's still around or not. Because this was, like I said, it was back in the you know late 70s, something like that. But um, So I'm walking in. Two things happened that day, and it ties in because of Mel Blanc. So I'm walking in, and it's these recording studios, there's this long, narrow highway or walkway or hallway, I guess what it is. It's not really a hallway, but we'll call it a hallway. Long, narrow hallway, and to the left are all these doors to Studio A, B, C, D, E, whatever the hell you got, right? So I'm walking toward Studio D, where I'm supposed to be. And here comes Orson Welles in the other direction. Orson at the time weighed about 450, or about the average weight of somebody at Disney World. <laughs> Which we're going to get to. We're going to get to that in a minute. By the way, I'm not. I'm not pulling your tit on this one. Holy Christ! But here comes Orson Welles, 
All right? And I'm thinking, how am I going to get around this guy? There is no way I can get around him. Right? Uh-huh. All of a sudden, this driver comes in, and he's wearing a chauffeur hat. That's why I know he's a driver. Okay? And a guy says, uh, Mr. Wells, the car is parked behind the building. And Orson tried to turn around in the hallway, and he couldn't turn oh, around God, in a hallway. Oh. He was that big. So I went out the front door again. He came out the front door, got in the limousine, and drove away. Now, that was sad enough, the fact that Orson couldn't turn around in a hallway, because he, he probably weighed about 450, I would guess, something like that at the time. He didn't live much longer after that. So I go back in, and this time as I'm walking down the hallway, Mel Blank comes the other way. Oh, wow. And so oh, the Buzzy's always full of all these Hollywood stars and all that stuff. I mean, if you went there, you were going to run into everybody. But <laughs> I'm walking down the hallway, and I look up, and there's Mel Blank. And I go, oh, Mel Blank. And he says, yeah, kid, I know. It's great to meet me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd be impressed, too. Okay, well. God, that's amazing. What You know, I was talking about that early with the whole situation with James Walsh. And, you know, Bobby Z was was kind enough and giving enough to call in and talk to us about that. So, yeah, you know, all the pain in the ass stuff that goes on. You look back at it, how many people get lucky enough to meet all these. I mean, you guys have because you're in the business of either radio, television, voiceover, whatever it is. So you're going to meet a lot of famous people when you do those things, right? Look how fortunate that. I mean, in general, they both told me to F off. But I still felt fortunate. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just keep telling us also, don't meet these people. So it's yeah, funny. You're like, they're going to be rude. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of them you don't want. Oh, you know what? That's a great place to jump on. I'm glad you said it that way. Is there one person in all three of you's mind that you met? You went, God, I wish I'd have never met them because I thought the world of them before I met them. Happened Friday night. Ooh. <laughs> Absolutely. Happened. You have to go all the way back. Huh? Yeah. Um, I, won't, I won't give details of who this person is, but I was a massive fan for a long time, and I found out that they were going to be in the area uh, performing stand-up. So I hit up the manager of the place and the host of the show and said, hey, I'm a huge fan. Do you guys mind if I come out and just do a quick five-minute guest set? I just want to meet this person. Didn't hear back for like a day or two, and then finally they hit me back and said, yeah, come on out. We'd love to have you. I drive we'll just say quite a distance to get there for no pay and a five minute set just because I want to meet this person. Yeah, yeah. I walk in, I meet the manager of the, the restaurant and the, the place and they, they're like, Hey, good. You're good to go. I meet the host. The host goes, let me introduce you to the headliner. I go into the back room, headliner sitting down. I, I stick my hand on it. I go, Hey, by the way, um, Rudy, I'm, I'm doing a guest set tonight. Did you ask? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I went, uh, I, I get, I guess, I guess I was under the assumption that it was, you didn't ask me. I said, I, I, I'm really sorry. I guess I was under the assumption that maybe these people had already came and talked to you about this because you always ask the headliner. Okay, I, yeah, th- I, think we're off, sure. I, I think we're off to like a, a rough oh, start. God. I think there's a little bit of a miscommunication. <laughs> uh. This person lost it on me. Lost it. And then the host sees what's going on and walks up and goes, is everything okay? And this person had a meltdown. And then at, at, finally, after everything sort of calmed down, I said, is it okay if I go up and do five minutes or not? And this person said, well, you, they already said it's okay, so I guess it is. And they turned around and walked away, and the host said, I'm, I'm so terribly sorry this happened. I said, it, it's fine. Don't worry. So I went up. 
I had a killer five minute set. I got off the stage. I went in the back. I paid my tab and I walked out. And as soon as I got to my car, I unfollowed this person on all social medias. I've been a fan for a decade and a half. Huge fan. Completely was like, never again will I ever chat with this person. I was so taken back and thrown oh, away. Sucks. Yeah, I was just, and because we just had this conversation like uh, last week about don't ever meet your heroes. And oh, be, yeah. because in my mind, when I get there, this person is going to go, oh, nice to meet you. You know, that did not happen. <laughs> did not happen. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your set. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like have right. a real conversation with you. Yeah. And I tried many times. Like I saw this person walking down the hallway and I, I shot them a quick smile before I got up on stage. Didn't acknowledge me. Didn't even look at me. I was like, man, uh-huh. all you had to do was just, and if anything, okay, I get maybe you're a little perturbed, but in that moment, you could have just gone, oh, sounds good, and then maybe pulled the manager yeah, and the host right. aside yeah. and go, have some class about go, it. Dude, yeah. you guys have to bring this up to me, because now it's weird. No, don't do it in front of me. I had nothing to do with this. Yeah. So yeah, so Friday night, that yeah, that happened, so... Anyway. That's the last time Rudy ever talked to Rich Hall. <laughs> Rich Hall. Did he do a Sniglets yeah. act? Yeah. Yep. No, it was actually the disgruntled clown. You guys didn't know this. It was. I'm a big fan of the disgruntled clown. I have been for years, and now it's so, all ruined. Can you just tell me the, the initials? Yeah, seriously. Give us something. Uh, I'll tell you guys off air for sure, because this person does still work in town quite a bit. And I don't want to. I don't want to sully it if because there are people in town that do like this person. And I don't want to sully it because oh. I think Damn it. I think this person has been on the air with you guys. But I'll I'll text you who it is for sure. Yeah. What I hate could him. You, could you send that text like now? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how gossipy you are. I'm in well, love with this. Hey, listen, I'm in what? the I'm in the business of information. I need it now. I love sure. that. What a nice way to say that. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do this? We have to go to break in one minute, so all Rudy has to do is nothing because you guys don't shut up the whole time the commercials are running in Studio B, so I'd be able to hear who it is anyway. Perfect. That's a good point. You're yeah, welcome. You can do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> he goes that. You know, I'm interested. The only reason, and I'm very serious about this, because I'm there are about two or three people that I have in mind that I think it might be. Because, you know, obviously we've had every comedian ever born on, uh, on the different shows. I've been on all the rest of it. And some of them are not all that pleasant. That is true. Not not very many. Don't you find, Rudy, that it's very rare that to find a comedian that's that big an asshole? That's why I was so thrown back by this person. Yeah. Because I've yeah. heard nothing but great things. Yeah. That's yeah, so, unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, we'll find out who it is, and then we'll not tell anyone. <laughs> Shh. Can we, can we infer? Can we imply? Yeah, you can. I, yeah, if you, if you guys know who this person is, then you can definitely imply, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll let you do that. Not a problem. We'll, we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll, we're going to have knowledge that you don't have, ladies and gentlemen, right after this. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-330-1991. That's 1-800-330-1991. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-330-1991. Select quote. We shop, you save. 
Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Like bones, your teeth lose density and become weaker over time, which can lead to tooth decay. And that can make your visit to the dentist feel like this. But if you want your dental visit to feel like this, try Crest Densify. Crest Densify actively rebuilds tooth density to extend the life of teeth by remineralizing enamel. Densify from Crest, the number one toothpaste brand in America. Smile, Crest has you covered. Hi, this is Drew Barrymore. Do you know what my idea of the perfect night is? First, make a bunch of complicated plans and then cancel all those plans. Instead, spend the night streaming movies and TV shows on Pluto TV for free, including my show. There are tons of live channels and even more on demand. Free to stream all you want on Pluto TV and never pay a thing. Stream now, pay never. Pluto TV. What do you mean he went searching for fresher powder? We have full classes today. Instructor down at Vesper Ski School. Toward each other to snowplow, honey, not away. She needs more ski instructors to slalom through the day-to-day. Pizza, fries. Whoa, Braley, no, pizza, pizza. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is, uh, my God, it's 920 already. Very, very busy day. Blowing by Phil Mackey with us from uh, Scoring with just a couple of seconds. Uh, did you just send me that text because di- a time didn't come up with it, uh, Rudy? Oh, it didn't? Oh, okay. No, I did just send you a time didn't come up. The, the name came up. Oh, you did? Yes, yeah. I, say, I just sent you that, yeah. Yep. Uh, I obviously won't won't say a word about it because you want to keep it private, but it breaks my heart. I know, right? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It does. Uh, I love that person. Absolutely. I love that person. Yes, that's, well, and, that, and that's why I wanted to go enjoy the show and go yep. see this person. And yes, it was... I just the whole drive home. I, I just sat in silence and just thinking to myself. And I had actually had a moment. I don't know if you guys know who Jeff Fozer is, longtime comedian here in town. I think Tom, you may have met him, but bigger yep, guy, got yep. a bushy beard, big wild yep. hair. And I texted him on Sunday morning, and I just said uh, I had a terrible interaction with a headlining comedian last night. And this morning it dawned on me, Jeff would never treat another comedian that way. He would no. never act that way. You would never be that person. Chris, I don't think I would ever imagine you. I can't imagine anybody coming to me and being like, that one time Eggert lost his shit on me. Like, I don't think I would ever hear that story. You know Probably what I mean? a couple producers that might be over. <laughs> well, killed them all. What, though, yeah. I, I did hear that time that Stan Turner turned on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. He did not. I just mm. made that up. But no, that does, honest to God, Rudy, I feel sad about that because I know that person. I've worked with that person many times. Uh, and the reason I think it makes me so sad is, first of all, she did, oh, he or whatever did that to you. <laughs> and then I'm wondering, were they just nice to me because there was something in it for them? That's the other question I've always had yep. when it comes to situations yep. like that. If you have something, because I've worked, uh, I've worked with over the last probably four years, I've worked with a lot of big name celebrities, and not to name drop, but you know who the nicest of all the people are? The people who are the highest up on the totem pole. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they are the people yep. who I worked with Dana Carvey. 
who is the sweetest Great man on guy. the planet. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. worked with some mid-level, marginally famous comedians who are the biggest pricks on the planet. Yep. And I just thought, you have no business being so... But here's the thing. When I'm around them and it's us behind closed doors, they're very confrontational. They're very argumentative. The second we go out in the world and we start hanging out with other comedians or other bookers or other people that can get them to a higher place in their career... It's like they just turn that's that smile it's all about. on. It's, yeah, they see you as competition, right? Like that's. But when you're at the top of the, when you're top of the game, you don't see anybody as competition. You're like, I don't have competition, so. Yeah, you've been through all of it. You got it out mm. of your system, you know. So no, yeah, no. Well, that stinks. I mean, speaking of pricks, Phil Mackey's joining us now from Scored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, Rudy, it's a little, uh, horrible story. Please text me who uh, who it is here, but my guess is it's it's a little ballsy of you to just waltz into Chris Rock's first ever live. You are right. You're totally right. Yeah, that was the part of the show you didn't see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn it. By the way, you mentioned Dana Carvey, and you work with uh, with Dana Carvey. So the the pre- and the post-game show on Netflix was hosted by Dana Carvey and and what's his name? David Spade. Uh, And David Spade, right? But but by the end of the—I don't know if you guys watched the post-game show. It was Dana Carvey— uh, David Spade and four black people to comment on Chris Rock's commentary from a black comedian's perspective. Dana Carvey didn't speak for the first 15 minutes of the post game. Just didn't, <laughs> oh, didn't want to right, step in it, say right. anything that would get him canceled. Uh, it was it was good stuff. Yeah. Did you guys see the the Vikings released Eric Kendricks about Just an hour saw it a little bit ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I, a lot of fans. First of all, he's one of the greatest. Linebackers and maybe defensive players in recent Vikings history, eight-year Viking career, and a lot of fans wondering, well, why would they? Wow, Eric Kendricks, he's a household name. He's, you know, a lot of people have Kendricks jerseys. The Vikings entered the week $24 million over the salary cap. They have one week to get under the salary cap. And then if they want to sign players to make their team better, they have to get even further under the salary cap because free agency opens next week, so... Um, I just wanted to make the audience aware that they, they're not cutting him because they hate him or because he did something wrong. He's just really expensive and on the wrong side of 30, and yep. um, yeah. he'll probably go sign somewhere else now. So Eric Kendrick's that, gone. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I just, well, Phil, let me ask you a question. And, I, you know, it's a personal opinion. I understand that. But why did they give that quarterback so much money? He's not any, anywhere near worth that much money. Did someone hand you a script of questions to trigger Phil Mackey to jump out his window? Is that? <laughs> yes, that's exactly this is, what happened. If you're ever wondering, what's Phil doing on a Saturday night? He's probably fighting with anonymous Twitter people about Kirk Cousins' contract. <laughs> about three God. glasses of red wine deep. Um, well, it's, yeah, and I get that, like, you know, market value for, it's supply and demand, right? There's 32 teams in the NFL. Right. And there's like 20 reliable quarterbacks. And so there's always going to be five or 10 teams looking to draft somebody or desperately looking to, to, to sign a quarterback that's at least competent. And so if you're one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world and there's 32 teams that are looking for quarterbacks, you're going to make an F load of money. And uh, I always say that, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's played in the NFL for like, what, 10 or 11 years now. He has one playoff win, but yeah. his Super Bowl every single year is the second week in March when contracts are decided <laughs> and he pours a glass of Dom Perignon with his agent yeah. and they cheers yeah. to another $40 million in cash, baby. Oh, and that's God. probably what's going to happen here. So the Vikings have to decide, you know, they have one year left of Kirk Cousins. Do they want to just ride out the last year? He's 35 years old. 
do they want to try and so what they've done in the last three or four years is they they'll like extend him by a year and in the NFL not to get too in the weeds but when you extend a quarterback you can kind of shuffle the money and how it lands on your team's books so they've just been kicking the can down the road his current contract actually runs out after this year but then they tacked on two fake years to shove it's like the Bobby Bonilla contract from 30 years ago uh, Bobby's gonna be Bobby's gonna be dead and his family's still gonna be getting a million dollars a year from the Mets basically wow. in the year you know 2060 so yeah it's tough I mean they have one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world but he's he's not Patrick Mahomes right he's not Joe right. Burrow he's not gonna carry sort of a flawed team with a mediocre to bad defense uh, but you don't want to be stuck without a chair in the game of musical chairs so I understand I understand their plight I guess. How about, well, let's see, it's fourth and six. Why don't I throw it three yards? I don't get that. <laughs> and, then the, yeah, and then there's all these excuses, right? Well, but the offensive line didn't hold up. Or, uh-huh. well, if you look, Justin Jefferson was double cover. It's like, the guy, the season's on the line. What yep. are you doing? If, you, yep. if he throws the ball 30 yards down the field to Jefferson into double coverage and it gets picked off, are we going to be sitting here two months later saying, boy, that Cousins interception? Or are we going to say, man, that guy had a hell of a game. The defense let the Vikings down, and he, you know, he fought till the end to try and make the big play. And that's kind of the thing with him. You know, he's, he's good enough to prevent your team from being garbage. You're never going to win five games in a season with Kirk Cousins. But he also has these weird quirks and yeah. flaws and yeah. limitations that prevent you from actually winning a Super Bowl. Which, and Tom, you've been around longer than I have. You saw the team and the... You know, the I'm sure a lot of people thought, boy, you know, second Super Bowl loss, third Super Bowl loss. Boy, I mean, it's inevitable at some point this team's going to stumble into a Super Bowl and then Bud Grant fades away and the Purple People Leaders fade away. This franchise yep. has been around for 60 plus years. Zero Super Bowls, right? It's the I think it's the best franchise in North American sports history to not win a championship. They should have one goal in mind and one goal only. Win a championship. Do you think Kirk can you envision Kirk Cousins Hoisting the Lombardi Trophy with confetti falling down you know, in February. <laughs> no, I don't I think cannot. so. So move on. Well, get some. You know, get him to waive his no trade clause or something. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay, Phil. Well, the two things I'll give you two. One of them involves the Vikings. The other one does not. So the Vikings are at the two yard line in the Super Bowl, and you give the ball to Brent McClanahan, not Chuck Foreman. What the hell are you thinking? Okay. Mm. Why? Why and not course, Chuck Foreman? What happened? Why don't you give the ball to Chuck Foreman, for Christ's sake? And I know, Fred, to be honest with you, Chuck Foreman and I are friends, so I suppose I I sway a little bit one way in that argument. But the even bigger one, although he did score the touchdown, you give the ball to Refrigerator Perry instead of Walter Payton? (laughs) What? In a blowout, right? That was the because when they scored yeah. that touchdown, weren't the Bears already up by like five touchdowns or something? <laughs> you know? You're right. All right we're, we're, like, we're, we're destroying this poor Patriots team. We just need uh, you know a, a symbolic touchdown of some kind. <laughs> Not the guy that's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer that's been the face of the franchise for ten years. Let's give it to the fat defensive tackle. <laughs> That'll be good for a few laughs. <laughs> All right, oh, now yeah. I have to embarrass you, Phil. I, I, I'm going to have to embarrass you. Are right? you going to show pictures of me wearing uh, Mickey Mouse ears? or? <laughs> oh, laugh it up, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> laugh Ouch. it up, Phil. Ouch. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I like making this uh, thing kind of public. Uh, one week ago, I met Phil and Judd, their producer. You guys 
in person are even nicer than you are on the radio. It, it, I was very impressed with both of you, but I was more impressed with the fact that you have an 11 year old producer. <laughs> you just turned 11 last week. He's, uh, he's got some, who drives him to some, the some work. peach fuzz? Yeah. <laughs> Tom, how, how old would you guess Declan Goth is? I swear to God, I would have guessed he he's about 22, 23 years old. He just turned 30 like a month ago. 30? He doesn't look yeah. anywhere near 30. He's very <laughs> he's the nicest guy in the world. He's just a great guy, too. Where did you find him? Uh, we, we fought him in high school, actually. We, uh, <laughs> oh, well. No, he, uh, he's been, so, so he worked, so yeah, he's had a, an interesting career. So he's been in Minnesota Twin Cities sports media for about 10 years. He God. was, uh, so he worked for, uh, for Bring Me the News and for Go Radio oh, sure. when the Polads sure. owned it. Actually, I, yeah. I think Joe Polad actually fired Declan during a round of layoffs one time. So Ooh. that was interesting, five years ago. Um, but he was, so when we used to do, Judd and I used to do a four-hour talk show on 1500 ESPN. Right. And, yeah. uh, and our, our producer at the time was Dave Harrigan, who's now at WCCO Radio. And, and Chris, Chris Eggert, this is where you and I would run into, the, uh, into each other in the hallway all the time. I don't think I've seen you in person in like three years. We I need see to you on that. Twitter all the time. I'm, I follow you like a hawk. And I watch your mid-morning show with Megan all the time, too. So Glad to hear it. it was, Glad to hear it. Thanks for watching. Meet in the cafeteria over some uh, granola bars at some point. But, um, but Declan was our – Declan came in, and he was probably 22 years old at the time. He came in as the board op, like the backup for when Dave Harrigan was out. And he train-wrecked so bad the first two or three times. <laughs> like just firing random commercial breaks, you know, just you know, forgetting to put in bumper music or he'd – You'd be in the middle of a conversation, a, a liner would just fire automatically, and you'd look across the glass, and he's just sweating bullets. And so for him to come, uh, this, he's, now, he's now overseeing all of Scornorth's digital distribution and Jesus. social media and everything. So he's come a long ways in the last Well, he's done a years. brilliant job. I mean, you got to admit, he's, he's done a great job. No, he's, uh, he's integral. If you're ever wondering, what is that guy, when you're watching Scornorth on YouTube, who's that guy that's kind of quiet hanging out, that creepy guy on the left side with peach fuzz? Uh, yeah, he's the one that's making sure all of our idiotic takes get sent out on the 19 different platforms they need to in 2023. So, yeah. Well, that's a hell of an inspiration, man. 30 years old and he's busting his ass like that. But no, I, very. it was very nice of you all to show up at that deal last uh, Monday anyway. But it was very... And again, if there were any pricks in the, in the bunch, I would have pointed out, that guy's kind of an asshole. You know, I, I don't just make stuff up. But it was just a real pleasure to meet you guys, and you're just fired up, and you're into it, and I, I really enjoyed that. I appreciated that. It was fun, man. Yeah, I thought the, uh, I thought the slider game at uh, Park Tavern was on point. You know, three different types. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got the chicken, chicken patty sliders, the, uh, the cheeseburger sliders, and then I don't know if you were around at the very end, but um, it's, always, it's always music to a radio or a podcast person's ears when someone says free food. At the end of this gathering, and there was all kinds of leftover food, Park Tavern brought to-go boxes for everyone yeah. to just stuff Shut stuffing up. sliders wow. in yeah. to-go boxes. They did. We used to play a game when I was back at the old Hubbard headquarters where we, our office, where we used to prep for the morning show, was right next to the commissary. 
So as soon as the email would go out about free food in the commissary, <laughs> we would get that email and I'd be like, all right, under, over under 30 seconds. <laughs> over under 30 seconds before you hear that door open and somebody comes in to get free food. And it was always like 27 seconds. People would be filing in because you're right. The second we hear free food in this business, oh, we... All diets are off, man. Like we, if you really want to see how somebody treats other people in scenarios, watch radio people get free food, man. Like, and there's no limit because you never know. Sometimes you walk in, right, and uh, and the food is there, and you're trying to make an estimate. It's like a Monday afternoon. You're thinking, okay, was this food placed out at 10 o'clock this mm, morning, yeah. or yes. has it been here since Friday? Yeah, and is it worth the gamble right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll take those gambles when you're young. But when you get older, you're like, I don't know. I need a date on this thing, man. Yep. It's like getting a haircut out of Fantastic Sam's. You're like, listen. That's why they have. <laughs> at 23, you'll take that gamble. When you are 41, you're like, nah, I don't know. I, don't I was know. teaching one of our younger producers a couple months ago because we work. We all come in overnight, you know, middle of the night. So there's all this crap laying around in the newsroom from the day before. Yeah. Because everyone's like working day side. And they're like, oh, we got this. We got that. Look, somebody brought us subs. You know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I was teaching one of our younger interns the magic of being able to carve into a cake to a certain point where you get past the crustiness <laughs> margin, and then you get right in there, and it's it's fresh cake. Yeah. Like it, so I felt really well, it preser good. Preserves deep inside the yes. core of the cake. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's in there. You just have to be able to work those margins. And I like sat there and had a five minute conversation with her, and she looked at me like I was insane. Well, she, yeah, she's like, I took this internship, and this is what I later like have her write a report on it, and she's doing. You take the center of the cake out. I had one conversation with the anchor, and he was talking about cake and how to. <laughs> 45 minutes. How to eat. He, took, he took his leg off and started de demonstrating demonstrably. This weirdo. Mm, yeah. God, you guys just made me think of my son. Now, Brittany, you know this because you've been a friend of his for a long time, but you're talking about uh, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. Yeah. For those of you who have not met my son, Andy. Now, Rudy, you've met him. Mm -hmm. Chris, you ever met Andy? Yep. Yep. Several times. Oh, you have. Okay. Mm -hmm. A couple times. He's the only person I know when you go to dinner, he will identify every bacterium that likes to settle on lettuce, ham. What? He knows all the things that could poison you by eating whatever you're going to uh, eat. Andy is a lovely person and can be a total buzzkill. Like those moments where you go, oh, you know, I just like being dumb, Andy. I just. I just want to eat this sandwich. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Exactly. Don't tell me my odds of listeria. Like, thank you. Yeah. When you drink a Diet Coke and someone's like, you do realize that there is like aspartame in there and that eats away brain matter. You're like, just shut up and let me enjoy my Diet Coke. Right. right. You think I feel good about this? Yeah. No. Small nice. You know, our, our guy, uh, our guy, Patrick Royce. Had uh, he had some sort of a doctor's checkup a couple weeks ago, and you know Patrick's like seventy seven, I want to say, and he's he's been as we all know he's been overweight for decades, and he's just very rarely had any any major health issues. And he rolls in, the doctor says, uh, "I think you're going to have to cut back on your diet coke." intake right he, he he wakes up and brushes his teeth with a diet coke for god's sake right <laughs> yeah. and uh, so he he tweeted i don't know if you guys saw this tweeted out the other day i uh, had my uh, my checkup with the doctor and he told me i need to cut way back on my diet coke intake and so you guys know what that means Time to find a new doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, love Patrick. Uh, seems about right there's yeah. no doubt about it now now that you brought it up phil i i do have to point out there's an article this morning, um, I believe it's in the Star Tribune, many, many different sources, 
that uh, now for the first time in history, 52% of Americans are uh, very or severely overweight. Oh, yeah. Did you see the article? Oh, you did see it, Chris? Um, 52% of Americans, okay? Unless you're at Disney World, where it's like 98% of them. Yeah, at least. (laughs) Holy Hannah, some And I'm not talking about overweight like overweight. I'm talking about you're carrying an extra person around, for Christ's sake. What happened? In your your left leg, there's just an 11-year-old. Exactly. Now, people would gain weight and lose weight and all, but... I don't, and I'm not trying to ridicule. These people got health problems and all that stuff. If they don't have them yet, they're going to have them. How the hell did we get so big? What happened? I blame I blame Taco Bell. Every time I see a new Taco Bell commercial, <laughs> okay. it's like there's like at first you know 20 years ago they started with okay we're gonna do this thing called the chalupa. We're gonna put a taco right. inside of a soft shell taco with some with some sort of substance between it. And now it's like every commercial you see, there's like here's a Here's a taco stuffed into a burrito, crumpled up and spread across a pizza, <laughs> folded in half. It's the Taco Bell and deep Super Gordita Crunch Fest, right? <laughs> I, I just, you know, and again, it's the, I'm not looking at them judging, oh, my God, are you fat? That's not what I'm talking about at all. You look at them and you feel the sadness because most of them are 30, 40 years old, 50 maybe, some are in their 20s. And you just wonder, how to, how can you maintain that? You'd have to eat how many calories per day to maintain that much weight? Well, and think about when you're on a flight, too. You guys are you're sitting oh, there, and, uh, and, you know, I'm, and, and I might be throwing, you know, I'm not exactly Mr. Olympia, so maybe I'm throwing small stones in the glass house here, but you're yeah. sitting there, and I feel like every other person that, well, let's say you're sitting, uh, whatever, you're sitting in an aisle seat or something. Every other person that walks down that aisle, you're just praying to God, keeps moving past you, right? <laughs> Please don't, please don't, please don't sit <laughs> yeah, here. Please don't sit next to me, spilling it over into my lap. It happened to me once on a flight from, as a matter of fact, uh, from West Palm Beach Airport to Minneapolis. Uh, we're sitting back. This is when the kids were very young, so we had to sit back in, back in the regular, whatever the hell, steerage or whatever the hell they call that, back by the bathroom. <laughs> steerage? What is, steerage. This? Is, this, is this the Titanic? <laughs> yeah, we're on the Titanic. Exactly right. <laughs> So I'm sitting on the violin player. Yeah, exactly. Catherine and the two kids are sitting in their row, and then I'm sitting on the aisle in a row, a few rows back, I guess. And the plane's just about ready to take off, and all of a sudden, there's one more guy coming. He was not fat in the least, but he was an Olympic weightlifter. Mm. Oh. And he walks up and he looks at me and goes, "You sitting there?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, I guess you're fucked." Yeah. <laughs> in the middle seat. I'm not kidding. His shoulders were about the size of a goddamn Buick. This guy was gigantic, right? So he's sitting in the middle seat. I got no. I'm leaning over into the aisle the entire flight because there's no room. And he goes, you know what? I got to take a piss. Uh, I, I said, okay. Well, you know, cool. we walk by. <laughs> Good to know. Say hello to my wife, would you please? He goes, which one's that? And I said, see, you're up there. She's at Redhead up there about four or five rows up. And he goes, okay, I will. So he walks in. Because he wasn't going to go to the back bathroom. He had to go up first class, even though we're sitting way back on the airplane, right? Because I don't think he fit in the back one. I mean, this guy was probably 6'5", easily 320 pounds, and it was all muscle. Gigantic, man. So I see him coming back from the bathroom. And as he gets up, he goes... 
Catherine, is that you? <laughs> My wife, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I can't believe. I get. I don't think I, I. I've seen you since we went on that one date, and you got really pissed off at me. And my kids are looking like, what is this oh, guy talking? Oh, that's it was one. It was a great bit. He pulled it off beautifully. I can't even imagine Catherine's face. Just pure. <laughs> who the hell are you? I mean, she's she's like so classically gorgeous, but when she does a scowl, it's like, okay, you win. Whatever, you know. So I can't even imagine her reaction. I thought I was the only one who ever saw her scowl. I know I've seen her scowl at me. you. It was not oh, directed okay. at okay. me. No. Perfect. <laughs> No question about it. All right, now one thing, Phil. I know you don't have much time left with us here, so I got to ask you. I did watch the Twins yesterday, but they did split squad. Um, they lost to Pittsburgh and then they beat Detroit, I believe. But I watched the Pittsburgh game. Um, what do you see with this team, Phil? Yeah, um, I think I think this is the best pitching staff they've had. Yeah, since moving into Target Field, and they don't necessarily have a true. Max Scherzer type ace, but they have a bunch of really good, if if these guys stay healthy, number two, number three caliber starters. And so I, I think one of the biggest problems last year was their starting pitchers rarely pitch deep into ball games. And some of that was by design because they just, they just don't believe in starting pitchers facing a lineup a third time through the order. But they also had a couple guys at the end. Uh, Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer that just physically could not handle the load of throwing, you know, 180 or 200 innings. So, best starting pitching staff we've seen in a while. It's the hardest throwing bullpen. They have like six guys that that average 95 miles an hour or more. Uh, Duran's the hardest throwing reliever in all of baseball. So, pitching should be improved, and it, it's just going to come down to Buxton and Correa. Apparently, Correa's ankle is a ticking time bomb, which is why the Mets yeah, and their yeah. eight doctors bowed out of yeah, the contract. Right. And the twins right. are like, oh, whatever. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Uh, if Boston can play that? 120 games, this team should win 90-plus, I think. What is his problem? Why is he always hurt? Does he play that hard? It's some of it. So some of it is he, he's had. There's got to be if you go back and look, eight, nine, ten different types of injuries early yeah. in his career. It was crashing into fences. It was crashing into teammates. Um, he's also had just sort of the unlucky foul the ball off your foot and break something. Sure, you know, get hit, get hit in the wrist by a pitch and break something. So he's it's he's all over the place. I mean, he's injury prone, but I don't know how much of it's bad luck versus bad genetics versus. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a lack of toughness by any means. Um, but he, and the problem is the older he gets, he's like 28 years old now. He's not going to be, you know, every, as every month goes by, your speed will erode to some extent. And speed is really the, the biggest asset for him. So, but this is the first year since, since they had him maybe six or seven years ago make his debut that they've had an actual like professional backup center fielder. Michael Taylor was a gold glove winner a couple of years ago. He's been with uh, the Nationals, the Royals. He can step in and just start in center field if needed. So they do have better backup than they've ever had in the last few years. So I got some hope, is what you're saying. Some hope. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't go crazy buying, you know, a full season uh, ticket package. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't necessarily get a get a tattoo, you know, framed up on your left calf for 2023 World Series champions. But if they can win a playoff game for the first time in almost 20 years, I think yep. we will. We'll count that as a win. Yeah, right. We'll plan, plan the parade. I still cannot believe they've not won a playoff game in 20 years. Jesus. 
it's insane. 19 years, technically. So well, 19, technically. In fairness yeah. to the twins, it hasn't quite been 20 years. I you believe know, today is also the, I think it's the anniversary of Kirk, uh, Kirby Puckett's death. It is, yeah, yeah. When he just The what anniversary? Uh, anniversary Kirby was... Puckett's death. I know, but what? how many years? Is it yeah, 2006, like, I want to say? Barlow was talking about this morning. I think he's like, like 17, 16, 17 or 18 years, maybe. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Jesus, that, isn't that sad? What a tremendous, tremendous talent that man was. But he lived kind of a loose lifestyle, let's put it that way. What do you say? Yeah, he did. You wonder, too, when he woke, because he woke up, what was it, you know, 10 years before that was when he woke up in spring training blind in one eye. Yeah. They were, that 96 team was the middle of the order. So Chuck Knobloch was still on that team in his prime. Kirby Puckett was going to bat third. They had signed Paul Molitor, who I think hit 340 that year. Yeah, that was going to be a lineup, man. And, and now they could they couldn't pitch to save their lives in the mid '90s, but that would have been an interest. Terry Steinbach still had some gas in the tank. Marty Cordova won the Rookie of the God. Year. So, man, what if? You know, what if? Every time I hear that man's name, I think of the Chucker out at Planet Hollywood when they opened Planet Hollywood out at the Mall of America, and he's going. Hey, let me ask this guy a question. What's your name, sir? He goes Chuck Knobloch, and he goes. There's a long pause. And he goes. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck, yeah, Chuck Nabla. That's his name, exactly. God, I miss. We have to get the Chucker back. I talked to Lastman once in a while. He's up in there in St. Cloud having a great time. But should we get him Should we get him on the show once in a while? Yeah, we can, oh. we can, yeah, we can try that. No other votes. I think there's hatred involved here. <laughs> You can do whatever what the, what, you want. What's the Chucker doing? What is he even? Is he just? He's in St. Cloud. He's doing a morning show in St. Cloud. Yeah. Okay. Working for nice people up there. That yeah, that company's a, a really great people working up there. But that Chucker bit was. I know that some people you know have problems. I know it's hard to believe some people have problems with me. I, I never assumed that was going to happen, but... Shocking. There's nothing but professionals here. We can have yeah. anybody. Yeah. If I can work in a room with Chris Eggert, I can work with anybody. Yeah. That's true. Hey, we do have to get to uh, a new spot time here at uh, You're a couple, right. couple minutes past, but uh, Phil, can you hang out for a few more minutes? You got to jump. I got to bounce okay. to Purple Daily here. I will catch you guys Friday, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll shove Judd toward you guys tomorrow works for me and say hello to Declan and everybody else over there man you guys could pleasure to meet you awesome all right time see you guys see you thanks a lot we shall take that break be right back a little bit of sad news after this no deaths or anything thank god but uh, uh we'll be right back a little news right after this by now you know that sound it's the sound of the home depot but what about those sounds? Those are the sounds of a new Frigidaire kitchen suite, complete with the latest technology to keep food fresh, dishes clean, and cooking needs met for all families. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Final days to get up to 25% off select appliances, including Frigidaire, ends March 1st. Offer valid February 9th through March 1st, 2023. U.S. only see store online for details. You might get wireless data everywhere. But do you have to use it all the time? If that's not really you, this track phone. You can get the same nationwide 5G coverage as big carriers, but you pick a plan that you need for a lot less. Unlimited talk and text plans start at $15 a month, no contract. And now you can get the Samsung Galaxy A03s for just $49.99. Track phone, now you're in control. While supplies last, one month equals 30 days. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 
Brought to you by BetterHelp. The world is interesting right now, and life can get pretty wild for most of us. There's so much going on every day, it can easily get overwhelming. Better understanding yourself and what makes you better is so valuable. And that's something that BetterHelp can do for you. Therapy can help us deepen our self-awareness and understanding. It doesn't always have to be trauma and how to deal with it. Sometimes we simply want to talk about the best things in our lives because we want to maintain or repeat the happiness they bring. The licensed therapist at BetterHelp can help us more clearly understand what we want, how, and why. Why we react the way we do, good or bad. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your true potential by going to betterhelp.com slash top 40 today, and you'll even get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash top 40. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. What do you think of that action, ladies and gentlemen? Ten, uh, God, my God, it's, we're moving on. It's almost 10 o'clock. Can't believe it. This, though, this show does fly by, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Kind of does, anyway. Um, some sad, I never, uh, you guys ever met Bruce Willis? Any no. Of you? No. Mm-mm. I haven't either. I, I ran into him when he said hello once. I didn't get a chance to talk to him at all. Just happened to be passing by. Uh, Emma Hemming Willis begs photogs not to yell at her husband who has dementia. Just keep your space. If you see Bruce Willis out and about in public, his wife has one simple request. Let him be. That's the gist of Emma Hemming uh, Willis's online PSA in which she asked the paparazzi and gawkers in general to stay back from the 67-year-old actor. Who's, you know, that's so sad. Jesus, dementia at 67. Isn't that an awful early I onset? Know. It really is. Jesus, 67. And he's had it. For a couple of years, so sixty four, sixty five, right? Yeah, yeah I, I believe so. I think the, the they said like the first time that he had shown signs of it, he was, I want to say, it just past his sixtieth birthday. It was like oh, four or five years yeah, where he was. I think you're right. He was kind of living with it, you know, off and on. It it wasn't as bad as what it was now over the last yeah. three years. But I think those like first three or four years into his sixties, he was kind of dealing with it then. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's awful. Oh, hell of an actor, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, diehard? A good everyman. Like, just always relatable enough that, you know, you could root for him. He wasn't, like, he wasn't chiseled with, you know, he's obviously a good-looking dude, but he wasn't, like, some big, giant, you know, superhero-type guy. He was, like, you know, the guy next door kind of look. Yeah, he was in good shape, and he was a little doughy, but, like, not... Not fat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, when you yeah. see when you saw him like in just the the A frame, you know, white tank top all the time, you're like, oh, my stepdad looks like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. absolutely. Not my stepdad. No. No. Mine either. No. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. Step I it up. Never had one yeah. of those. Never had one. But uh, yeah, it, it just the whole thing is very. I and you mentioned Die Hard. The second I hear Die Hard, I think, welcome to the party, pal. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Welcome to the party, pal. Mm-hmm. That was a hell of a movie. Matter of fact, I just, by coincidence, watched that movie on a flight about three months ago. That was a hell of a good movie, man. That was a really good movie, I thought. Tommy, do you consider that a um, a Christmas movie? Yeah, it is a Christmas movie. You're absolutely right. But like some people, that, like that's right? like they would rather watch that than It's a Wonderful Life. Like it's that's their no. Christmas movie. Totally different. I just I, I, I disagree. Total Christmas movie. I only watch it in December. Yeah, yeah. I, it, Die Hard does not feel right when you're watching it in July. 
Interesting. I I, would, I love it. I I don't think it falls in the Christmas movie realm. Like Home Alone, yes. Die Hard, no. Mm. Now Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes, you give me of number course. three. Oh, that was my first uh, showing of, of Samuel Jackson. I had no idea oh, who this guy sure. was. And then that oh, movie right. came out. And then ever since then, when they keep, you know, they throw out Die Hard Five. Mm-hmm. The plot has nothing. They're only using the name to yeah, get right. recognition right. because at some point you're like, okay, you guys got to mention his kids or you got to make a, a reference to like one of the past movies. And then the bad guy will get on the phone with Bruce Willis and be like, or your wife, Holly. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of her. And that's the only reference to anything Die Hard. And you're like, well, oh. I guess now it's a Die Hard movie, but okay, right. you could have called this movie anything. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Back to Bruce, 67-year-old actor whose dementia diagnosis was recently revealed per Variety. If you're someone who's looking after someone with dementia, you know how difficult and stressful it can be to get someone out into the world and to navigate them safely, even just to get a cup of coffee. Hemming Willis said in an Instagram video posted on Saturday, she dedicated her warning to the photographers and the video people that are trying to get those exclusives of my husband out and about. Warns them, I know this is your job, but maybe just keep your space. Wow. God, that's so sad, isn't it? That, Gee, God. That is so sad in, in a very unique situation. I've uh, done clinicals and memory care unit, and oh. the idea of these strangers yelling this person's name and having to explain to them the whole situation, yeah, right, it's right. got to be terrible. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Jesus, that's sad. I know we only got a couple of minutes left, and, and maybe Rudy, we either got to turn to on this one. Have you, you guys, any of you guys ever met Pete Davidson? Mm-mm. Don't know Pete Davidson, but I was on the road with a gal by the name of Carly Aquilino, who was her girlfriend, or excuse me, his girlfriend for a long time. So I have a little bit of insight on Pete. Now, this may sound a little harsh, because I, I never, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in about 35 years. As soon as they did the ring toss on the alien thing, I got to be honest with you, I didn't really think Saturday Night Live was funny after about the first three, four years. What do you guys think of that? I think it depends on the era. I think yeah, some of, some years seem better than others. Yeah, right yeah, now is not just, one of those years. It's no, not good gosh. right now. But, but go mid nineties. You got Farley. Yeah, you got yeah. Rock. You got Spade. Yeah. Dana Carvey. Yeah, like true. those were some. Those were some meaty, meaty years. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Well, Pete Davidson and his new girlfriend crash into a house. Does he do that with every new girlfriend? He's always getting into car accidents or running into someone's house or crashing this. <laughs> what the hell is What is it's that? because he can't drive with his stick yeah. shift, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. The rumor is. You heard that, right, Tom? The guy's, like, packing baby's arm. Yeah. You know? Oh, you know, that, we got one thing in common. So what? So oh. big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal. No, I did not know. So he's got the big schwanz, huh? That's supposedly the whole deal. That's I that's guess that's have. why all the, the things have worked out for him the way they have. Uh, but he doesn't even have a deep voice, so it can't be that big a deal. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> there's sleepers, right? Sure. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand why anyone. <laughs> it's just funny that Chris is reporting on this. Like, you know, he's like, well, I gotta. Hey, Word on rumor has it. That's what I'm they say. Talented. Sources tell us. <laughs> let's toss it over to Chris's desk for Wiener news. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's, that's right, Tom. Um, I can confirm that Pete Davidson does indeed have a very large penis. Back to you. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna ruin your career. You realize oh, that? Right? I love that. That was the highlight of my week. I'm already saying it. 
I just another new girlfriend that crashes into a car, crashes into a house, falls off a building. Every one of his girlfriends does something. I you ever notice that? I didn't realize that that there had been a past of that. Oh often. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what they say: lucky in penis size, lucky in love. So yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do. I've heard yeah. that many times. Mm-hmm. All right, hell of a day. Oh, a little music to go out, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. What is that? Though? That is that is your outro bed now. So when you oh, start it's hearing an this, outro it's, bed? T- it's time for you to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're getting very, very, very high tone here is all I have to say. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>